Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. And we are live, hopefully this time. (laughs) Good afternoon, everybody. Who is excited to have a great show today? I I am. Yay! <laughs> it's the dumpster fire! Yay! I look. All right. David Laz not here, but I am so excited for today's show. <laughs> I, re- I think you borrowed some of his drugs. Can we have a commercial break right now? <laughs> I'm too excited. Yes, I we think asked you if you had to go before we left. <laughs> yes, Ron. I'm excited about the show. Well, <laughs> since you're like, so excited, like a puppy Ron. about having an accident, right? Yeah. <laughs> the show brought to you by Depends. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron, don't oh, tell get... us why you're so excited. Oh, speak of the devil. Tandy Assembly. Yes, today is Tandy Assembly. We're really excited. We got the whole panel here. We've got Ron Delvo from around the corner. I'm waving to you from my outside my window, Ron. I see Hope you. <laughs> David Lapp, excited intro. The man, the producer, the man behind the, the, the boards is Mark B. How are you doing, Mark? Uh, ha- having a panic Better. attack. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, well, it, all, it all worked out. Then uh, we can see this, the main screen. We probably can hide that from the Zoom out there. Uh, uh, we talked to... We'll talk to Ron. We talked to Ron a little bit. I see audio spectrum analyzer there in the background. Um, and dipping his head underneath the desk, our Apple guy, Mark D. Overhosel. Hey there. Sorry. Dropped my paperwork. I'm here. (laughs) 
I thought you were you were working on where you put your six five oh twos, which almost always go on the floor, right? So your six eight oh nine yes, have, yeah, have room, have priority on the desk. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Or dining room. Yep. <laughs> and next to him, the the man who told us what TDP stands for, Tandy Data Products, Terry Steed. How are you? Hey guys, how's everybody doing today? Good, Terry. Good to see you guys. Good to hey, see Terry, you have, too, Terry. Have we discovered any new Tandy Data product products? No, I, I did. Well, that's a lie. I did find a coax splitter that was a TDP. So I thought that was kind of crazy. I wasn't paying forty bucks for it, but I did see it. <laughs> you got pictures of it, right? Yeah, it was on eBay of all places, but I'm, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> eBay overpriced. Hard to believe. Just a little, yeah. Okay, we'll just go kind of randomly uh, out of order here, but I see the man that we have named three times. The man is so nice, we had to name him thrice. Nick Moroda. How Hello. are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. I'm happy to be here. Great. Any projects you're working on or any particular game that you played in the last week? Or I know you're always buying new color computers. Well, I well, I don't forget to talk acquisitions right now, but I did get an MC10, so I'm very happy about that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, let me try again. I'm very happy. Yeah, I, okay, I think well, we'll save all the, the, the acquisition stuff for afterwards because it looks like Jason's arm's getting tired from all Yeah, I've got Oh, more, okay. So we'll, we'll, I wasn't we'll going to talk much now. We'll move along, and who wants to talk about the MC10? But we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, John. John. From Apple, how are you doing? Is that me you're talking to? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah John. You John work for Apple, John Laurie. I do. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Hi, hi, everybody. How you doing, John? And you're named after a vehicle in England. <laughs> no, 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 I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> so you're the one we get to blame. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, actually, I'm of Italian heritage. Ah, uh, Loria was the original. Right was the original name, but it got Americanized somewhere down the line. And uh, I wanted to be out there at uh, Tandy Assembly, but uh, had some surgery recently, and uh, driving is not one of my things I'm allowed to do right now, so had to skip out on Tandy Assembly this year. Okay, so your accelerator gonna... foot isn't working, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Your accelerator foot is not working. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, actually... Uh, had some pretty pretty major surgery and uh, uh, can't uh, can't steer. As well, I, should, should we be glad you're here then? Uh, yeah, uh, August thirty first. Okay. Uh, I, I nearly reduced the community by one. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, Ooh. yeah, and uh, spent the next uh, nineteen days in the hospital. Uh, let's see, about eighteen days ago, I had uh, uh, open heart surgery, basically. Oh, yeah, well. I've had that. It's it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, it's definitely don't recommend it. It feels like someone parked a truck on your chest when yeah. you get done. And uh but I'm I'm doing real well. Uh I bounced back from the surgery pretty quickly and uh uh took about a over a half mile walk today and uh just working on my rehab and uh you know, just trying to get better. Good. Right. Get well soon. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, and then Jason, I want to talk to you cause your arm, it does look like it's getting tired, but I was going to save you for last, but how are you doing Coco man? 
Oh, we can come back to me. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, it's not an opening of a new radio shack, although there is a radio shack sign here. At, <laughs> here at All the, right, well, we'll, we'll swing right back if, if your yeah, arm's right. doing okay. I'll talk to uh, Richard Lorbieski, Voice on Tech, the man with a, with a thousand products, and there's probably more that you're releasing today. Uh, how you and doing, All of Richard? them are on fire. <laughs> uh, I'm speechless. Thousands of products. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. It's just marketing. Yes. Yeah, it yes. Not to be true. I know. <sighs> yeah. Do I, you have it? Oh, go ahead. You're doing okay. Oh, You're doing okay. okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, I would do better once I get off this show, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come back to you and talk about talk about all those thousands of products. Grant Leedy, how are you doing out there? Somewhere, somewhere, Grant is always streaming. As we know, Grant. Uh, hey, how's it doing, guys? Yeah, fine here. How are you guys doing today? We're all doing good. well. Doing really great. good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Richard, Richard, I got a root beer. You need one? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got a carpet right here in front of me. <laughs> Brought to you by Shamwell. Yeah. <laughs> And David O'Connor, down under, what have you brought yeah. uh, for it to show today? Uh, I haven't got any uh, Radio Shack acquisitions as such this week, but I do have a brand new video conferencing system I'll talk about a little bit because it's being used for the show. All so right. That's pretty really exciting. Sounds good. Come back to you and talk about that. I do see the man who always has more energy than the entire panel combined, the Lord of the Floppy, Mr. David Lapp. Hello, everyone. I hope everybody's ready because I'm wired and ready. Oh, I see a whole bunch of smiles now. <laughs> yeah, I feel better. I feel better already. I, I Thank you, David. David, you got to switch to decaf. Seriously. Oh, <laughs> hell no. I love the caffeine. It perks me right up. Now what drugs are you taking? That, that wasn't a smile. That was a wince on my part, just so you know. <laughs> David, what drugs uh, are you taking? I need some. <laughs> you know well, this 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 shows the only proves that when a dumpster fire happens that the fire that the fire department has to call in a second alarm. True. <laughs> well, well, I'll have what David Lad's having. I or, could use a little a uh, boost. Or uh, they speaking run the other of, way. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of somebody who never runs out of energy, Jason the Coco Man Reichert is live at Tandy Assembly reporting for Coco Talk. That's Jason. right. That's right. Uh, that's right, Rob. I'm here at Tandy Assembly. I'm here in Springfield, Ohio. It's, we're at the Clark County Historical Society uh, Museum today. And uh, and it says, uh, <laughs> it says VCF, but that's not it. <laughs> I'm not at BCF, I swear. The the uh, rumors of me being at BCF are greatly exaggerated. Oh, we have an announcement here. Okay, so we have we have another keynote speaker at uh, at two thirty. But uh, since since I'm here, has uh, anything else going on this weekend, or is it just it's all so right. I see the I see the Radio Shack sign there. Is Radio Yeah, Shack let me flip around here. Keller, Texas actually there? 
That's a pretty fancy sign. It's a pretty fancy sign here. We can get a we can get here and closer on it. And uh, I'm not sure like... who this is, but it, it looks like when it looks like it had been a historic. I can see the uh, screw holes yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Like it's really pulled, cool though. Like they ripped it off some building somewhere. Looks like it came out of a mall. Yeah, that's what I wouldn't say ripped, but oh yeah, I can see there's a bunch of the. Uh, yeah, they they use de neon inside to light them up. Okay. Uh, or, you would know, Ron. More more yeah. uh, recently, they use LEDs now. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Oh, well, the most important uh, part here in this is the uh, this is the main uh, the room coffee. here where we have the vendors. Yes, we have the co we have coffee. We have coffee. your uh, yes, some water. We have some soft drinks. Uh, your uh, soda or your pop, whatever you choose, you can have either or both. And uh, we have some leftover, some leftover from the uh, uh, bagels. some bagels and some muffins left over from breakfast. Oh, those are only bagels. I thought they were donuts. Never mind. Yeah, the, the donuts have gone bad. And then we have our little impromptu uh, announcement system there. But if I if I move over here and I kind of start down here, uh, I'll just start down on this end since I'm down on this end already. Uh, Is Fletcher there? I did not see Fletcher here. I'm. But I do see uh, some of these uh, Tandy 102s and uh, 100s uh, down here. Yeah. And um, I even saw the disk drive and uh, video interface there. The monitor would have been a Model 100, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's the uh, there's the disk drive. Um, I've no, seen the big one before. beside that. Oh, on uh, right. that is. Yeah, let's see what this. Yeah, that's the yeah, disk video interface. interface. Yeah. Yep. So exactly that monitor that. is actually showing them what the Model 100 is doing. Yeah. Uh, this is the uh, welcome to Tandy Assembly. This is the DVI disk video interface. Eighty column text on composite video. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Yep. Absolutely. Looks like we have some Model 100, 102 repair going on here. Uh, I thought they really never break down, do they? Working on my Model 102. Oh, we got there. We got Brendan Donahue yeah. here. He's having some Model 102 repair getting That's done. That's right. That's right. Yeah, this one. Uh, um, battery out. That's right. Got to remove the dreaded memory battery, and then uh, this guy. You can see he's just starting to leak. Oh, look at that! We got a, we got a, we got a leaky battery here. A leaky battery. Well, this one's just starting to do it right there. Oh, just wow, starting to get yeah. some corrosion. So, just in time. Just in time. That's your that's your breaking news. Brendan Donahue had an almost leaky battery. <laughs> breaking news. Now, now we're just waiting for the uh, wake wake the kids. Let them know. Wait, was Grant there? Grant is not here. <laughs> well, Grant's on the call. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's uh, that's good stuff. Let me go ahead and. I'll just I'll get past Brendan here and we'll move down. And uh, uh what do we model, got here? We have a model three discless. We got a model three uh -oh. that's kind of sideways. Yeah. Someone's someone spin the icon around on the tube. Yeah, yeah. Well this How did that happen? He had to replace this tube. Because uh, yesterday when he was when he was uh, closing it, the, the infamous oh. neck cord caught Ouch. on one of these wires and it went uh, I thought I heard something funny. Yeah. Oh. So uh, we, uh, we, we de-evacuated this vacuum tube. That's an expensive that one, sound. Is that the one that looks... That looks <laughs> no, no this, this one's fine because you can see it. No, no, this one here. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah there's, 
you can Ooh. see it's got the big cloudy stuff. In the uh -huh. that's, that's, that's a black yeah. hole. Yeah, that doesn't look good. I just thought that was funny, though. The picture on this uh, CRT is all slanted. Yeah, that's right. a special Rorschach blot uh, edition, I think. Oh, is that what that is? Well, you have to take the yoke off the old one. Right, yeah, the yoke off the old one. Gotcha, yeah. So, I just found that a little strange, and then oh, we got one here on the floor with a cardboard screen. And that's no yoke. No yoke. That's no yoke. That's, <laughs> that's right. I'm guessing hey, that's probably to is protect that a, these screens. Is actually a Model 4 or a DT1? On the floor. <sighs> on the floor. Let's look on the floor here. Yeah, so you guys are going to... It's a DT1, guys. Hey, the I, 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 <laughs> I, I had one it. of those. Got a DT1 on the floor. I repeat, a DT1 on the floor. And Hey, I've got the yeah. operator's manual for that thing here, here in my hands. Oh, oh, and I've there's a... I've got a Model 4 on the floor here. <laughs> They got the they got the double clutch. Uh, what do we got? We got an FD five hundred two hanging out next to this. Uh, I guess I'm thinking that's a Model One. Yeah, correct. With the it doesn't have an interface. It doesn't have a one on it, so it must be. A, it doesn't have a number on it, so it must be a one. And um, this is parts and pieces. Yeah, parts part and pieces exactly. This is not my forte at all. This is the uh, the uh, TRS original TRS eighty stuff. So. Those are power supplies right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Model four power supplies. Oh, yeah. and there's and there's candy. Oh. Now that we can identify. Oh, oh those are the good ones. Oh, so I've never seen these. I'll I'll have to. I'm gonna get one. And I'll save that for later. Yeah. I've never had the fins, but hey, it's Reese's. So I'll crack. Oh, we got some uh, Ram badges in here. Ooh. And some. Uh, Whatnot, yeah. and uh, they all have just 64k or is there any 128? Oh, uh, I saw 60, it's a 64 and 16. Well, oh. ah, I, I would assume this is all. Oh, there's a 128. Uh, uh, cool. Oh, it's not here right now, but uh, and what's this here? We got a 4P. 4P, 4P right next to the yeah, but the, the, high -res, uh, the high res card, too. Yeah, the thin breezes. I, I just like, you know, that's usually that's usually my favorite booth at any show is the, is the booth with candy. And if there's more than one kind of candy, then it has to go to the better candy. My candy I like better anyway, which is purely purely subjective. The question is, do they have tandy candy? <laughs> I think tandy oh, candy tight. tends oh. to be a little leathery. <laughs> yeah, and then we got another uh, another model one. That one's working. What's the yeah, pop? it is working. What's it hooked up to? A SD card? Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, there's. With a, yeah, there's an SD card. With a real time yeah. clock. Very well, could be. That's that's good stuff. And then uh, we'll move across the uh, gap here. 4P. And we've got another model 4P. Yeah. And uh, one of those. Uh, Speakers, oh, speaker. speaker yeah. multimedia ten or whatever it's called. Oh, now here's something with uh, that looks like an eight inches of. What is that? A Tandy six thousand HD. It says 6, there. Okay. Uh, well, there we go. And uh, <coughs> yeah, that's that's got the hard drive in it, doesn't it? Says uh, fifteen meg disk system right there, uh, right here. Fifteen meg disk system. So that's. Uh, Hmm. That's all the that's all the space you'll ever need, right? Who would need oh, more yeah. than fifteen meg? And, uh, 
Oh, this, uh, this must be the DREM uh, MFM RLL drive emulator. Uh, at this booth again. And then we got another, it's a Model 12. It's a 12? Yeah, okay. So yeah, model, well, yeah, model 12, that's another one I'm not. Those are eight it's kind of like the Model 16, except cheaper, wasn't it? It had 68,000 and a Z80? Well, the 6,000 no, had not. a 68,000 processor in it. It was just a Model 2 uh, that had a single motherboard instead of them being split up. Right. You could upgrade oh, it. Okay. You could add the 68,000 more to it and kind of turn it in, into a 16. Maybe that's what I remember. Yeah. Could be. Could be. And right. Then, the 12 uh, was basically a newer version of the 2. And you could almost run OS9 with it. <laughs> we're back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And Sorry we're back. The technical delays there. We had a bit of a crash on the main hosting system, so we're back up. And uh, Thank you, Jason, we'll pick up where we left off going through Tandy Assembly. Oh, ab absolutely. Absolutely. I thought maybe it was me. I thought maybe I just crashed it with all my uh, with all my uh, um, knowledge, knowledge oh, or lack thereof of TRC. is what you're saying, right? You're just being modest. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> okay, so we were down here. We were just looking at the model, this model two, with uh, CPM on it. I believe when uh, everything uh, went uh, went haywire, and I think we were done with that. So I can go ahead and move down here. And over down here, there's uh, Mr. Eric Canales there uh, chatting it up with someone over there, and um, we have a. Tandy 1000 uh, HX here with uh, some type of uh, emulator going on here with uh, and this is uh, oh even this is a retro gaming roundup uh, banner right there. Is that, a, is that a SD cutting off the top of that? It looks like a uh, compact flash. flash. Yeah, it looks like yeah, it's a compact flash. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like clacks beside that. Yep. Yep. We have a, we have a paper house. <laughs> oh, check this out. Look at this. Oh, plotter. Plotters. 215. Plotting money. Freaking law. Can, can no, you it, it, it is a large, couple thousand is, dollar bills? I don't want those wimpy one dollar ones. Yeah. As long as it's, 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 it's increased or reduced by a particular size, it's perfectly fine. And this, this so definitely looks big enough. <laughs> what's running that? Is the Tandy 1000 running that, is it? Or, oh, no, that was what's, running um, something else. What is running the plotter? Yeah. Um, so um, I have the two plotters. The one plotter is being driven directly by a Model 4, and the other one is being driven by a PC. And usually I am running an emulator on the PC to drive the plotter. But for this particular plot, um, it does a better job if I just send the file directly. Because every time the, the pen pauses, you get a little bit of a blotch. So for the really detailed plots, it's better if you just go ahead and just I'm um, just netcatting the file. Awesome, awesome. And uh, what's um, these uh, these paper buildings? What what uh, what are those? those are yeah, so those are just architectural models that I build. The significance of the models here is that I do the drawings with these plotters. So. Um, I do it more or less as a hobby. If somebody wants me to build a model for them, I will, you know, for a price, build them a model. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I just, I uh, enter the drawings in AutoCAD and I plot them. 
and I then I convert them to the language of these Radio Shack plotters. Uh, and then I just plot them on a uh, poster board that I buy at the dollar store for 50 cents a sheet. Um, then I cut it out with an X-Acto knife and fold it and glue it together. And these are the finished results. Awesome. Awesome. Very Have cool. you done Thank a Radio you. Shack computer yet? What's that, Moran? Is I wonder if he's done a Radio Shack computer yet. Oh, out of out of paper. Have, have yeah. you have you made a little Radio Shack computer out of paper? I have not. I've have you thought paper. about it? We'll start with the cocoa. <laughs> uh, have you thought about it? No. No, right. he hasn't thought about it. So are you time to think about it. Like over there? Depends how much you want to pay for it, Ron. Could be. <laughs> maybe for next year I'll do that. Maybe maybe next okay, year. I'll okay. do that. I'll do one letter on each page. <laughs> like a fairly large radio shack sign reproduction. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm inspired. <laughs> you hear that? He's inspired. Yeah. You guys hear him okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cl clears the bill. Hmm. Oh, oh great. great. The new not watching this show, but anyway. Oh, obviously not watching Coco talk if he's inspired. Yes, uh, yes. I. Inspired or <laughs> oh, he does listen. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, he, 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 you have it here first. He, he admits he's listened to Coco talk oh, yeah, before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. We're what sorry. We here? We're sorry. Yes. <laughs> what we have there? We got. Uh... Recognize that guy. Tell him he doesn't get any refunds. Does, does anyone recognize this man? The unwanted FBI wanted list. I don't recognize uh, who is Peter Stinsky. Peter Stinsky. Okay. Yeah. Now that looks uh, that looks like Myro up there. Yeah, micro. Yeah, micro yeah, yeah. is right next there to Einstein. Yeah. So these are all done on the plot. These are obviously all done on the plotter. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Mulaney triangulation. Say that three times fast, right? That's awesome. Ask him if it's a post. And you're Matthew, right? Yeah, we have Matt. We're talking to Matthew right here. See. This is for the color computer guys. Yeah, this is Coco Talk. Okay, so they may recognize this. So, up oh, drive wire, drive wire. Oh, yeah. So right now, this one is running a, a drive wire driver on the uh, Model Four, which oh. I hacked oh, cool. to get 19.2 baud. You might recognize that as a non-color computer baud, even though the picture is a color computer. 19.2 isn't a normally supported baud by drive wire, but that's as fast as the Model Four um, UART will go. So this is actually running a, a drive wire driver that I wrote and using Boise's um, drive wire server. Awesome, awesome. A directory and you'll see it actually. Yep, there we go. It's the activity and then it'll, eventually you'll see something on the display. Ask him how much two uh, plotters weigh. Yeah, the, um, uh, the DOS actually um, uh, um, sort the files, it puts them in alphabetical order, so it reads the whole directory before it displays anything. So that's why you, you notice the long delay. Right, right. And it print uh, double drives as well. It's, so it's reading the next drive. You can see all the activity, and then there's it. What's that's cool. I didn't know anything about that? a drive wire port for the Model 4. The next drive is the one that has all the plot files on it. What's that, David? I was going to ask, what's the UART chip that's on that system? Um, David wants to know what the UART chip is used on that system. I think it's one of the Zylon. It's a really weird one. I can't remember which one it is, but it's a, a little bit of an odd UART. It's an odd one. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> from the uh, technical manual, the technical reference manual. It's a little bit of an odd one because it, it doesn't have like a normal bus interface. It's got a separate like you know, send port and receive port, and it's, um, 
But yeah, it was one that at the Radio Shack actually sold in a blister pack in the store. You could buy it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, sounds like you aren't good enough. Now I did build a, no. a 16550 yard on it. And in, case, in that case, I could go up to higher bods. The, the baud rate generator chip is just limited to 19.2, which is less than what the dry wire would support. And, um, Probably a 65. So I was able to hack Boise's program. And I can also run it off the dry wire for the Java server. There's an XML file you can edit to change the baud rate on it. So that was kind of a little bit easier. But I started with Boise's. And I actually showed this to Boise earlier today. He was impressed. All right. Well, well, thank you, Matthew. Good talking to you. Well, I'm sure we'll see you around. Thanks. Thank you. Those. Uh, oh, let's see. Now we've 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 made it to the corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> the corner. What, 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 what do you want to know there, Ron? Those uh, flatbed printers are extremely heavy. I mean, the two of them sitting there together. I don't doubt it. A hundred pounds. Oh well. Fuck yeah, God. they're heavy. I don't. I don't doubt it. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, we've got some pocket computers. Uh, let's see. What else? Do you have big pockets? Oh yeah, there's a little. Uh, no, I don't know if I have a pocket quite there. that big. <laughs> it's oh yeah, there it is. There it is. That's just a pocket computer. I think it says oh, oh, pocket okay. printer. Cassette interface. There it is. Oh, this is the floppy days. I have one of those. Uh, is it a, that is looks it like a, a printer. I don't know oh, where the printer is. on the right left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it does say cassette interface right here. So it's probably got the but, inputs um, and outputs for the cassette, I guess. Yeah, I think on it's on the, the back, if I remember. I can't. I haven't seen yeah, one in years. Two. So you run a separate deck on it, like a CCR eighty one or something like that. Right, right. Let's see here, and then we've got uh, we've got another model, model two, running here, and this one is all oh, all open, all open. It's all open, all open. And uh, oh, that Fletcher? No, that's not Fletcher. <laughs> oh, what is this? We got a, a DMP four hundred. And then under it, we've got a 12 meg disk system uh, under there, and under all that there. And uh, isn't that the one that was interface for the cocoa? Yep. That one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Another model two. That's, That's cool. open as well. There. What's that, Mark? Uh, the cassette interface was not like the cocoa. It was just uh, three and a half millimeter plugs. Okay. It's on the on the side mm, of it. Mm. We got a Tandy Model Four. Huh. Oh, fucking bitch. And um, I didn't know that. Somebody. Well, that's part of the yeah, private yeah. label stuff, yeah. 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 I want to tell whoever's in the background that they're live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a colorful language. So we're gonna have to bleep that. The family show. They were talking about somebody's dog. We'll fix it in post. Hey, we got Frogger on a Tandy. It says Tandy 3 huh. microcomputer. Are well, we they the original batches? I didn't know they made the, the, the three uh, with Tandy labels. I, you know, it's one of those. 
it, it is is one of those like bubbled ones, like uh, similar like the cocoa one had. But um, hmm. and if we move over here, I've, I you know I, I remember showing this last year. Fellow's not here right now, probably again at uh, the presentation. But another uh, um, video interface here, uh, emulating uh, innovating uh, emulating artifact colors, uh, playing a shooting gallery. Cocoa three, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a Coco 3, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, oh, there's the uh, TRS wiki. Now, this is Peter Bartlett's table. That's a and, pretty cool resolution on that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a high-res interface board. They had it was 640 by 242 color, I think. Yeah, okay. Oh, something up oh here, so they did do color on those. Well... Oh, green's a color. Black or white, yeah. or green, or white. You can have any colors as long as they're black, white, or green. <laughs> another uh, another Model 3. Amber sometimes, and, too. And green and white was not the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we've got... Uh, what is defense this? Command, I think, isn't it? I seem to recognize yeah, that. Yeah, that's, yep, that's it is Defense Command. You're right. Hey, but that's blue's, blue's a color. And that's <laughs> on a uh, VGA. Yeah, there's all there's all yeah. kinds of extra boards back here. Oh, that looks like it's a it's a FPGA. Oh yeah 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 okay. So it's yeah, emulating but... the uh, disk interface. Expansion well, could be could be. computer. Could be so a field program a field programmable gate array. So does that have high res? That's a real model one with high res and color. Yeah, it looks like it's a well. There's a there's a model. What appears to be a model one here, and then there's a cable here leading back to all these extra looks boards. Like so. Well, board. I, I was wondering if they were using a uh, a little bit of a Coco Man trick there with your uh, cable, your kookaburra. <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> you, okay. you almost had us fooled with that MC10. L Hart oh. Model One is running an M1SE. Oh, I see. In the middle one, there's the M3SE. Yeah, M3SE, M3SE. There, and then uh, let's see here. We'll just go ahead. We'll just go ahead and continue on here. And we got uh, Mr. Mr. Eric Canales. Why not uh, with uh, with his uh, laser discs? And uh, I, you know, I didn't I didn't know that Nokia made monitors, but there's a really big Nokia monitor here. Oh yeah. I have no idea they did either. Nice looking. Me either. It's running the caddy machine, and then there's um, so and there's something called CocoMan.biz. I don't know what so that, that is. So that monitor's gonna survive the apocalypse. <laughs> I think so. It, it, it it's huge. Now just take this DVD case up for scale, and it's like this thing is it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's bigger than Eric's hand. You see that? It's bigger than Eric's hand. Banana? Banana? Yeah. For scale. I don't have a banana for scale. <laughs> uh, and then we've got uh, we've got this we've got this cocoa man we got this cocoa man booth here. And uh, do you have whatnot. any fruit with you at all? No fruit. I don't think M and M's are fruit. Pac <laughs> Man um, game might have some fruit in it. Oh yeah, you know what? There, there's a there is a bit of a cherry down there in Pac-Man, and oh, there's a digital cherry there, uh, another digital cherry, and uh, yeah, and we are we are demoing Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway, and uh, it is twenty percent off. 
Yeah, twenty percent off right yeah. now for the show. Yeah, just for the uh, show. Yeah, just for the show. They pay you to yeah. download it. Yeah. Well, at <laughs> least it's one hundred percent machine language. And basic. And basic. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we got the uh, the kookaburra and the wallaby cables going, and uh, have a yeah, set screen. Is that an Atari twenty six hundred joystick there? No, it's um, a Waco. Yes. It's a Waco, but it's an Atari 2600 compatible joystick uh, hooked into my Coco 3. Um, in this case, I'm using one of the uh, Boysen Tech uh, adapters uh, for Atari joystick to Coco. Paragon. Yeah, the Paragon, yeah. It works. Wow, thanks. That's, it does work. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, it works. Now we can. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to redesign it. I'm going to make it spill proof so, you know, Grant. <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works out works fine uh playing pac-man here on the coco 3 no issues there you have to pot the circuit for so it can't be disassembled now when you walk in the room can you smell the electronics on you know i think i did it first but i think i've got i've gone nose blind to it now nose blind <laughs> nose blind <laughs> and then he's right, right next to me Right next to me here, we have, um, again, he must be out at, he must be at, the, he's out at the moment, but uh, we have uh, Paul Fiscarelli's table and, uh, you know, uh, the uh, producers just, of Long Branch Never. And, just before uh, you move, just before you move on to that, the, the Pac-Man demo, how do you get the, uh, or was that just uh, press the key to get it to run? Because I, I, I left the, I wanted to get have a Pac-Man demo running on my, my thing, but it wouldn't do a demo on its own. Uh, well, this this is this is the uh, transcode, and what I do is I just don't hit five, so I don't quote put any quote unquote money in it, and then it will and then it will run the attract screen. Uh, okay. Uh, once you hit the five key and put money and put money in it, then the, it'll turn the attract screen off. So, oh, is that the secret? You got to put money in the thing. Well, you hit the five key to simulate putting money in it, and then it'll play. Otherwise, it do, it'll do the it'll just do the attract screen with the uh, with the game over message. And then you go park in one of the secret spots, and you can just leave it running all day. So, how many coins have you found inside the Coco Three? Uh, hopefully none, but I do have I do have a Coco Three that has some like OxyClean or something in it. If that, if that counts for anything, that I picked up at uh, I picked up at BCF a couple weeks ago. Well, they just had an article in uh, Facebook about the fact that some of these computers had a screen over the vents on the inside. Yeah, the Canadian ones. Yeah. yeah. They kept putting coins in them. They would, they would <laughs> they put, you're putting your loonies and toonies in there. They're putting okay. loonies in them. Unfortunately, it does not stop soft drinks like Grand Lady tends to deploy. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Oh, wow, Curtis, you are really loud. Yeah, that was like uh, over the. That was that was like the voice of just. Oh, yeah. I'll turn my Thursday. The voice of yeah, God wow. just came down. Yeah, that was. I'll, I'll turn it down a bit there. I hadn't touched it, but. Yeah, you're you're super loud. Uh, yeah, like uh, distorted. Am I still louder? Yeah, yeah, super loud. Yeah, yeah. How about now? No difference. It's like uh, Canada's invading. <laughs> Sounded like it went from line level to mic level all of a sudden or something. What does that say below the side? How about now? That's, That's good. Better. That's okay. good. This, this is Paul Fiscarelli's table. Um, this is a 3D printed Radio Shack sign. Try to get the uh, glare off of there. Really cool. It's in a case. Got the lights. Oh, uh, this, is actually go this is actually going to be put into the auction. Um, it's really cool. It's, cool. All, it's, all three, it's all 3D printed. 
I like the LED lights. That would look great on my wall. That's good. Yeah, well. Hmm. And there's Eric Canales again. Um, There we go. And um, it also has a Tandy. These uh, uh, lit up uh, Tandy, 3D printed Tandy logo. That would look good on my other wall. Yeah, these are sold. (laughs) These are sold out. uh, Right there. They are sold out. I mean, they were sold out before I even seemed to know about. Then there's also a TRS-80. Oh, that's cool. That would look good in my garage. (laughs) <laughs> well i'm surprised you don't have all this stuff in your garage already <laughs> right um yeah. those are yeah those are still for sale and then there is this uh oh, another uh, candy yeah there's another one they just keep coming paul got two tables i should have got two tables i put like a table and a half worth of stuff on one table it's really packed there's a few things i couldn't even put out but um, um, how much does he want for those uh signs uh the, t- the t- this tandy one is 45 the TRS-81, he has 55, and the, the uh, Tandy with the color bars was 45, but those were sold out. Those are and, nice. And the Radio is Shack gonna, one yeah, is sold out. Yeah. Is he going to continue to sell them? What's that, Nick? Is he going to continue to sell them in the future? Like, what's, Does he make them as a, and sell them as a... I'll have to ask him. I'm, I am not certain at this point. He is not... Those are cool. They are very yeah, cool. Yeah, I, yeah. That is a question I should have asked. And then uh, this is still Paul's table. Hey, we're just um, color max deluxe. Exactly, he's got color max deluxe over here. Looks like there's been some artwork. We have a we have a multi pack along with an Ed Snyder keyboard. Oh, look at that keyboard! Run, 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 dino run. run. Yeah, yeah, Dino yeah. Run. Yep, that's uh, sure. get some Dino Run action here. Run Dino <laughs> Run. And here's something yeah. cool. Um, that's uh, a so part uh, with uh, the uh, black background. Uh, uh, there we go. Yeah, it's a little dino. Yeah, it's dino cool. run. Uh, looks, like, looks like we're going to have. A, looks like there's going to be an award there. He's a uh, 3D printed up I there. I score. Yeah, uh, that's for, cool. Uh, for dino yeah. run. For those then, that uh, don't don't know, that's a free game available from Paul Fiscarelli. And yep, there it is, Dino Hanson. Run, Dino Run. Yep, yep, there it is, right there. I, I still have to it check on. it out. I was playing around with it last night. I have to download. That looks that looks pretty cool. And then, uh, oh, See, oh yeah, looks really on that game. It's a, it's a big deal. Well, that's yeah, right. and, and Paul's computer cycles through colors here on his Coco 3. That's pretty wow. cool, but he does have the Ed Snyder keyboard. He does have the red key. There's nothing on the red key. That's the same does. That's the same version as mine. It's the, the same color scheme as I've got on mine. Look at that tag on there. I mean, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, boomer one of those. Uh, yeah, got a you got the, uh, the, the oh, uh, 20, 2048K. 2048K, yeah. One exactly. of Carlos oh, Camacho's ones. Looks like that's, that's almost a Coco Plus. Could be, could be. Probably. What was that, Richard? Yeah. Looks like it has the, the Boysentech, uh CPU dad LED. All those colors? Oh, yeah. Oh, it could be. That's, um, yeah, it is. I'd have to ask him. I don't know. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It should be. Yeah. And we've Mine's got, got that uh, in it too, but I've never been able to get colors out of it. So I don't yeah, know how to you get have to program it. You have yeah. To. yeah, okay. Rick, it's a single byte location. To oh, it's a specific address that you can poke to, is it, or something? Yeah. It's a okay. Oh, here's Paul Fiscarelli now. 
Paul, we've got interest in signs. We're live on Pokemon Talk, and they got questions. Ask him if he'll make more signs if he sells them. We've got interest. Hey, Internet World, how's it going? Oh, they want to know, are you going to make more signs? They really like your signs. I don't know if I will or not. This may be an Tandy Assembly only type offering. Never mind, because we've got interest in the channel. We'll see. Just let him know he's probably got some pre-orders here. He's got some pre-orders. Probably got some pre-orders over there. Yeah, probably. But, um, yeah, that's Most what I definitely sure. don't want is like a backlog of people expecting and then not being able to fulfill because of time commitment. So but we'll see. Um, yeah. oh, believe me, I understand. So, yeah. They, make, make an they, exception. Uh, a lot of interest. Make an exception. I don't know if I'll go home with any, but uh, we'll see if I have anything left over, then maybe I'll offer them online. Don't know how well they'll ship. They're kind of fragile, obviously, but uh, we'll see. Let's there you it. have it. Hmm. Let's see. It, what sure. other questions did you guys have since uh, Paul's here now? What's this inside say? the um, uh, Coco Three? What? What? What about the Coco Three, Richard? The LED. What? What's? What do you got inside the Coco Three for the LED setup? I want. So this uh, this particular model here. Uh, so the LED setup is just an RGB LED strip. Uh, it's running off of internal Ooh. power on the on the Coco Three. Uh, there's also a couple of cooling fans here that are providing cooling for the CPU gimme area, as well as the power supply uh, transformer side of things. It's all running off of the 18-volt AC rail. I've got an 18-volt to 12-volt uh, bridge rectifier in there. So that's where the LED is getting power and the two fans are getting power. It's whisper quiet. Uh, there's a remote control to control the RGB settings which obviously I left at home. So we're only getting the fade in, fade out <laughs> of the multiple colors there. Um, it's got Ed Snyder's keyboard on it, uh, case badge, uh, voice on tech, uh, boomerang uh, running uh, to a mega memory and a 6309 all provided by Richard. So it's a pretty, pretty nice little setup. The Coco 3 Plus. And, uh, uh, for the game uh, here, we've got Run Dino Run, which is a collaboration between Simon Jonasson and myself. And uh, we've got this running, and uh, you might have noticed that there's a little trophy sitting up top here, and this trophy will be given away at the end of assembly to whoever has the high score uh, for the weekend. And right now, it looks like somebody got 4,524 points, so that's one of the highest scores I've seen. Um, so we'll see if that, that holds up. Well, let's see. Who's on the list? That's uh, Andrew E. at uh... – uh, Andrew Effenhauser. Effenhauser. Okay. I look yeah. like an E. Okay. So there you go. Let's see if Andrew walks home with the trophy this weekend. Yeah, I did show the trophy earlier. And then over here, I've got a setup that's, uh, so this has only got a 6809. I wanted to have uh, 6309 ease of use, but uh, the Coco STC uh, that I have in there has only got the 6309 version of it. Uh, so right now I'm running uh, Eric Gavrilux uh, uh, Color Max 3 with the res software modification and we've got david ladd and mark overhosers uh coco mouse an early prototype there that is providing the input and it seems to work extremely well and as you can see it looks fantastic on a large screen like that so trying to i noticed that's it promote market for uh, mark and david there smooth uh, mouse action that, that nice. is in mm. the early phases of uh becoming a product so we'll see how that turns out Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's I think that's that's it right here, isn't it? Yep. Yep. There is it is. That, uh, is that oh, still four by three ratio? Um, I don't have it. Uh. Uh, oh, so 
These are the little brackets. I'll probably make these as STL files for people. They want to download them, but basically nice. there's your uh, 40 by 40 by 10 millimeter fan. Just mounts to the bracket. And uh, on the underside here, those just clip on. Um, they do wedge onto the, the, the veins of the plastic of the Coco, uh, Coco 2 or Coco 3. Uh, I just use a little spot of uh, hot melt glue and it holds it in there nice and firm. And then this is just 12 volt fan. So with a little uh, 18 volt uh, bridge rectifier to 12 volt DC, you can uh, run these as well. Awesome. That, awesome. That does, does he think he needs the fan with like the boomerang board and stuff there with static RAM? Because that runs a lot cooler. Now, Curtis wants to know, do you think you need the fan with like the, the boomerang board? or uh, You do not need it for the boomerang board whatsoever. Uh, I would highly recommend it if you have a 512K stock Radio Shack upgrade. Um, but you know, I know that there's people that say you absolutely do not need cooling whatsoever on a color computer. But uh, coming from a background in electronics, Less heat is always better when you're working with yep. electronics, and yep. it helps prolong. I, I can vouch if you had so, the distal one, uh, Meg, you absolutely did need one. You, know, you got your hands full, but there's obviously quite a bit of difference between uh, this cocoa and this cocoa that have been running side by side. Uh, this one's running about 15, 20 degrees hotter, and uh, actually. All right, walk around there. Yep, we got the. Stock cocoa. Get all. We're gonna get all scientific. Um, Someone wake Rondelvo up. <laughs> I'm not asleep. <laughs> Are there cooling kits you can get? For these? No. Not, not commercially. That's why he's going to make the uh, printable uh, brackets for the fans. Might be a good product for Richard still. Yeah. Yeah. Let me copy. <laughs> so I've got a little thermal thermal imaging uh, camera here. So we'll take a look at this cocoa first. Uh, as you can see, that's glowing pretty good, and it's relative. Uh, so that's 106, 107 degrees right there. Um, over by the CPU, it's a little bit cooler, uh, about 85, 86 degrees. So we'll come over what to this that in Celsius? one. And on the power supply side. We're about uh, 84, 85 degrees. So that's about 20 degrees cooler right there. And over on the CPU side, it's about uh, it's about the same, roughly 78 degrees. So a few degrees cooler over there. About 10 so Celsius. obviously lower. doing something. Um, it's it's cooler again, like because said, of the metal. In the heat port. is better than more heat when it comes to electronics. So I uh, like to try to prolong the life of these as much as possible. You heard it here first. Less is more. Okay. More life. More life. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You know, I don't, I, I'm not running the stock 512K upgrades anymore just for the fact of uh, heat. So one other yes, thing I'll throw in here real quick. Uh, for those of you that may be aware about uh, the Tech Talk track that we had yesterday, I did that presentation on uh, floppy desk preservation and uh, using a cryoflux tool. Uh, Arno, um, who's here with his Tris.io, um, he saw the demo and the presentation I did, and uh, he was really eager to try something with these floppy disks that he had that were 40 years old um, that uh, were FM encoded. We didn't know what the encoding was at the time. He developed them on a, a, a Genie system. Uh, not sure, can't remember which one. So we threw them in with the CryoFlux, 
and we were able to recover source code uh, from 40 years ago that he hasn't seen or touched that he was looking for, which he was extremely happy about. So that was another really cool thing that happened this weekend here. At the yeah, show. That's, that's amazing. That's so, amazing. Yep. So we'll see what comes to that, but uh, awesome. he was really happy about that. Awesome. 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 Yeah, that's about it that I've uh-huh. got. All right. Well, thanks, Paul. We'll, yep. we'll probably see you later. Yeah. Speaking of 512 boards, you can get them at Tandy Assembly. Yes, you can. Uh, they're they're for sale at Tandy Assembly at the uh, CocoMan.biz booth. And what's the price? Uh, they are they, they the five twelve k upgrades are fifteen dollars at uh, at TA. Oh wow, it's a good price. And speaking of TA, we got some uh, uh, sweatshirts and uh, the official twenty nineteen Fest T shirts here for sale. Uh, nobody here at the. Uh, booth right now and uh, then we're going to go uh, oh we have some uh, have some hats uh, for sale here along with um, now I, I, I saw him earlier I don't see him right now but Neil was around here I talked to him earlier he might be downstairs manning the table actually at the at the door yeah, I saw John in Boise earlier there too when you were talking to Paul so yeah they just they just kind of I didn't I missed them and you're still really loud, Curtis. Um, oh, geez, I keep turning it down here, but. And uh, the, now this is something that Neil did. T- I will. T- I will talk about this, Neil. I was talking to Neil earlier, and um, uh, at the show, he now he has a Night Lore floppy disk version uh, for ten dollars uh, compared to the uh, uh, the cartridge version. So. Uh, oh, cool! And check it out. I might get one of these shirts. I kind of like. I kind of. I, I'm just a sucker for red. That's really, I like that shirt. I may pick one up. Uh, and he also have, has the, uh, his uh, joypad adapters uh, uh, for were, the Sega. Reese's Cups back there? Um, no Reese's Cups, but I do see a coffee crisp hanging out here behind everything. Oh, I go. did see that. That's definitely Canadian candy that's there. That's Canadian thing, yeah. That's yep. Oh, yeah, that's definitely Canadian candy. That's the good stuff. And looks like the, the joystick interface is uh, hooked up to a... Um, Tandy 1000 uh, HX. Now that would work on the color uh, computer too, wouldn't it? Yes, it'll work on the color computer. Yeah, sure will. Uh, I think now the color computer also for uh, for the for the support of the extra buttons, it has um, it has a uh, four pin serial thing. And uh, oh, and beside all that, we have Brendan Donahue, which we ran into him earlier, and now he's we're here at the uh, Coco VGA booth, and. Uh, is there any more updates to the Coco VGA? Yeah, is there any more? They want to know if there's any more updates. Any more updates? Well, um, so uh, I have the same microbit accelerometer and jukebox uh, demo. Well, actually, the jukebox demo is, is marginally new um, that I had at Coco Fest. Um, all four of these systems are running Coco VGA. So I've got two F board Coco ones. One is a TDP 100. I've got a T1 Coco 2 over here. And down there on the end, I have a Rev B board. Uh, Coco 2. That one actually has Ed's SAM accelerator in it. So that's oh, the one wow. that you can run the true double speed poke and it doesn't scramble up the video. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, so, so what's a, a D board, did you say? We have. So it's a really early one. Uh, character set editor. I thought you said F board. Uh, my daughter Morgan's TDP. Um, Bombs Away game is running on that one that uses the custom character set that you might design uh, using this. Show us a double speed. The double speed poke one. So um, 
I don't know, not particularly useful for games and stuff like that, but pretty useful for things like OS 9 and uh, Fusix. So, um, so it does work with uh, Poco SDC and double speed mode. Uh, I don't dare use it um, with the floppy drive. So this is what Ed's upgrade looks like. So there's a Poco VGA board, and there's the SAN accelerator that lets you use the full, um, the full high speed. Oh, cool. Poke. So he's got a CPLD in here that intercepts that poke and uh, doubles the clock speed to the SAM and never tells the SAM that it's doing it. it doesn't tell the SAM to change clock frequency. So, um, so he's sort of hiding that. So the other things that uh, he shipped me when he sent me this, uh, this prototype board was uh, faster RAM, 150 nanosecond RAM, and faster PIAs. And uh, so I've got all those installed in here. Very cool, very cool. That's awesome. It is awesome. I, I agree. That's awesome. Saying that's awesome. I like that. Now, see, having a clear case would be perfect for that situation right there. Show it off. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. you say, say you need a clear case so you can show it off. Oh, right, right. Yes, I don't have to lift the case to open it. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the ideas in there, and you're all set. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Lower, lower the suspension. Any other questions? You guys have any other questions for Brennan? Dragons overseas in Europe. So, yeah, I owe them some some time and some love. Definitely. <laughs> Hello, Jack. You heard it here first. Has he ever oh. had any failures on his um, boards yet? Ron wants to know. Have you ever? Ron Delvo wants to know. Have you ever had any failures on your boards? Um, I have had one failure. Wow. One of the boards I was using failed, and uh, Ed fixed it. And I think Mike Brandt had one fail, and uh, Ed repaired that one for him as well. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good track record. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. less, less than 2%. Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a great yield. All right. Well, mm. well, thanks, Brandon. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Well, I'm sure we'll see you around. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. I like your shirt. I like your shirt, Brandon. Thanks. Oh, it looks like uh, we got uh, we got Boise's book here. and. Uh, oh, cool. How much is it going for there? I, you know what? I don't see anything. Listen, I don't see, I saw Boise earlier. I don't see him right now, but uh, not sure. Uh, and then uh, that same vicinity, we have, uh, we have cloud nine. And, uh, and, oh. and still, still see everything clearly. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we got some deluxe joysticks, some uh, direct modem packs. We got some, uh, Floppies. We have some ROM packs. We got uh, all kinds of stuff over there, and uh, that's. Uh, oh, that's I see. He has a soldering iron for sale. Oh, poor, poor David. He already has yeah. one. Yeah, and uh, that looks like a, good it's a weller as well. Yeah, it's a weller. Yeah, it's good. Hmm. I do see Mark over there. He's over there talking to the uh, keynote speaker, and um, who's name escapes me right now. Uh, we have but four other spaces this size. You know that that would have been that would have been uh, that would have been uh, the other the other show I was at there. But oh, uh, oh. I'll just go ahead and uh, let's see here. We'll go ahead. Yeah, there's there's Mark Marlette and our keynote speaker chatting it up there, and uh, we got some. Go ahead and go through here through the center. We've all, we've gone all around the end. I don't think I really need to go over the uh, the uh, beverages and snacks, but uh, but uh, this is this would be the uh, center tables and. Uh, and uh, Mark Marlette back there, uh, and uh, we got some. Uh, well, we got some. Uh, oh, there's the there's the uh, at one time secret model sixteen. 
And uh, we got another. That's another not a one. <laughs> that was a secret at one time, but that was a long time ago. That was part of the keynote speak, which I'm ho I'm hoping. I saw it was being recorded. I'm hoping someone puts it out. That was a really fun. That was a really fun keynote speech speaker. Uh, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, it's already on YouTube, Jason. Oh, is it great? Uh, we can maybe put, has a. We put that in the show notes, uh, Mr. Mark Overhoser. That'd be great. That's uh, that's. I, I do recommend checking that out. That's great. Uh, I'll find it and chase it down and put it in there. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, we got a tape record. Okay. Here's a CTR-80A. I never had one of those. I don't know if that was... Uh, I don't know if you could use that with your cocoa or not. If I remember, isn't that the one that had where the, the buttons would wear off fairly quick and then they would, wouldn't stay down? Good. Good question. That's, Any uh, candy sensations? No, but we, we did come up in the keynote, and uh, funny enough, I, I, I know someone who owns one. They were asking me about them. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. But, uh, so they have a great a, sales video on YouTube if you want to uh, learn how to sell one. Yeah. Well, the, our, our keynote speaker, and, and the name escapes me at the moment, but he had uh, he worked on that. Uh, so that was that's pretty cool. Model, that's the Model 1 version of the demo that I'm running behind me right now. But it looks Yeah, this bit. is the uh, raycasting demo by Jim Halloran. Uh, Wolfenstyle 3D uh, raycasting. Uh, and Wolfenstyle made 3D raycasting. Uh, yeah, I'll get it eventually. Uh, popular. Uh, so we have that. What are those squares on their chips or... Uh, we have a TRS-80 Model 1 no-chip V-blank modification. And uh, there's a lot of wires on here, guys. A lot of wires. Um, what does it do? So what's? Yeah, just gonna. It says on the sideline. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so the video here. I put mod by the looks. Uh, but, but, but this which allows this visibility to start and end of the V blank V blank detection allows for graphics without interface or chair as well as up to 192 pixel vertical resolution. It's hard to like. Look at what you're shooting and look at what you're shooting through the camera. Um, the Model One could, <laughs> the Model One could have shipped with this. Absolutely no extra manufacturing cost. Um, modification was created by Tim Halloran from Ideas by George Phillips, and a special thanks and motivation to Trash Talk episode 21. George Phillips, I think I'm friends with George Phillips on a, a George Phillips on uh, on Facebook, and uh, oh, we have a uh, TR City Assembly Language. Uh, programming manual here and um, and then another model one we have some people this is the uh, bouncing ball demo so that's pretty cool uh, on the look at it go look at that you know you're a it's, real computer system when you have a bouncing ball demo right right uh, <laughs> model one with a bouncing ball absolutely absolutely 192 and that's the official oh. model one monitor too Look at yeah, it's, mm. it's like a TV. Nice. It is. It's actually it an RCA TV that was specially ah. boxed. That's great. That's great. It is we have, uh, have over here. We have uh, oh, we have a Model Three with uh, Mr. Spock on it there uh, with the. Uh, okay, I think this I is the original Model series. Three with the. Uh, were amber screens I, a thing? I, yeah. they were a thing, but this is uh, this is uh, the. Uh, I don't think high resolution graphics card. So I don't that's, think uh, Tandy had the amber screen, but it was aftermarket. 
Yeah. Okay. And they were only mm. white. Mm. Okay. What's the resolution? Does it tell you? Uh, 640 by 240, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Not good. Um, that's pretty good resolution. Uh, as mm. he would say, fascinating. It did run <laughs> yeah, slow. That was one issue. I remember people said you couldn't do too many arcade type, type things on there because the access to the graphics RAM for that card was quite slow. Well, okay. What we got here? We've got uh, a two-shoe tray. 13 ghosts or something, I think? Yeah, 13 ghosts, yep. And uh, some LS-DOS going on here. we got some more uh, Model 4s. We've got a little uh, quick printer. And, I don't uh, see any Nick Morente's Model no, Nick, 3 game. No, I don't see. I don't see. I don't see any Donut Dilemma going on or anything like that yeah. at, the, at this point. Just, just going to mention yeah, that. Yeah. Can't be a Last year I saw that. I will go go and just uh, go ahead and cover the end of just right across from me here. We have uh, some more uh, Eldos. Jason, quick question for you. Yeah. Um, that you guys are actually having it in a museum this year because of some scheduling conflicts. Now that's the impression I'm under. Yes. So is the museum still technically open to the public, or have you guys taken it over and they're not allowing general public in at this point? Uh, I have still seen the public in here in the uh, public part of the museum. I haven't uh, seen any in the, the like the uh, the conference room or the exhibition rooms that we're in. I haven't seen any of that, but I have seen some other. Okay, I was just wondering if anybody was here. wandering in and going, what the heck is this? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. It's a pretty cool museum. Uh, well, there's still museum pieces in there. Yeah, there's still, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of museum pieces here and uh, a lot of uh, of the same things. Are you talking just, the people uh, or the computers then? Uh, I think more of the computers. I don't know how the people would uh, <laughs> would uh, would take to that, but we do have the, there's the uh, Tandy 6000 HD again. And uh have another uh, monochrome screen here, and then uh, there's a couple tables here that are just uh, empty. But uh, we yeah. have uh, here the back of the Radio Shack sign here, and then uh, I guess we can go ahead and uh, you know we do. There are still some snacks available. I uh, they're left over from breakfast, and we have some. Uh, <laughs> we still have some beverages, and uh, if you want some ice water, there's water with some ice in it. But R two D two. R2-D2. <laughs> if I go quick, I quickly here, if I go quickly down here, we'll, we'll go through the museum. All the presentations are actually happening down on the lower level. Hey, how about but, we do uh, a commercial break before we uh, show the rest of the museum? That'd be great. Uh, let's do that, and I'll give my battery a little boost while we're doing that. Okay. Short commercial break. Actually, long commercial break. are watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly video podcast featuring a candy colored computer. We spread the love to the past, present, and future for all models, including the original colored computer, the Coco 3, and the world renowned exclusive French computer. As you start your journey to Coco Fest, you notice the road ahead is littered with rogue furniture. You realize you are driving on the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. The new game for the Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and 3. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Stunning low-resolution visuals. Digital to analog converted sound. 
100% machine language and basic. What are they saying about Nightmare Highway? Nightmare Highway. Steve B. York says, of all the games released this year, this is one of them. Elkert S. Boyle says, this will not be on my site. Nick Marionette says, crikey, look at the size of that croc. Get your complimentary copy of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. At cancanmakeit.com. If you got it for free, you paid too much. Christmas Tandy has a very special offer. A family color computer pack to take away at a very special price. This family computer comes complete with software and costs an incredible $449, a saving of $241.69. It's powerful, educational, and ideal for the young and young at heart. The easy way to start computing. The color computer family pack from Tandy. Get it while it's hot. Tandy, the biggest electronic store in Australia. As you start your journey to Coco Fest, you notice the road ahead is littered with rogue furniture. You realize you are driving on the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. The new game for the Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and 3. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Stunning low resolution visuals, digital to analog converted sound. 100% machine language and basic. What are they saying about Nightmare Highway? Nightmare Highway. Steve B. York says, of all the games released this year, this is one of them. Elkert S. Boyle says, this will not be on my site. Nick Marionette says, crikey, look at the size of that croc. Get your complimentary copy of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway at cancanmakeit.com. If you got it for free, you paid too much. Coming soon. All situations depicted in this trailer actually happened. This true story has been anonymized to protect the guilty. Starting in the dead of winter, a group of bored teenagers, Blue Stuff Pup, learned code cracking, learned phone freaking, hijacked and hacked. No system was safe. No one could catch them, or so they thought. story at the dawn of the internet system hacked mm. all right and we're back i'm gonna tell hey. people you're you're welcome can you hear us now yeah the audio is good on youtube now huh Yep. Hmm. Well, Audio is good. good, and I do want to compliment Ken Reichard on his game Nightmare Highway. 
Can I get an echo? Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Highway. Nightmare Highway. I posted the link earlier in the chat for Nightmare Highway, and if you download it and uh, and you go through the basic code and the assembly code, Ken Reichert has notated every single line. So if you want to learn kind of how he put together the game and how it works, uh, just it, just an amazing kind of record and, and training tool. So oh, uh, download Nightmare awesome. Highway today, 50% off. Thank you, Ken. We ready to go back to Coco Man and finish the tour? Yep, Do we it. still got battery. Oh, I've got battery. I just got another battery. I hear a, I hear a kitty. I hear something there. That was, that's that's my little uh, my ginger one wanting some attention, isn't it? What are you doing, pussycat? Why are you interrupting our show? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, so we're back. I'm down here on the. Uh, I've gone down here to the first floor, and we have. Uh, so, what type of museum is this? Um, is What's the Heritage from? Center of Clark County? Uh, it is a. There's a lot of what type of museum. Well, it's just a lot of. Um, well, it's not like an art museum. We got the we got the registration table there. There's there's Neil Blanchard. Oh, there's Eric Canales again. So it's like a Why not? local heritage museum. I think so. I think so. Absolutely. But if we walk down the hall here. Down here in the lower level, uh, all the presentations are happening down here, and I think there's one going on right now. Hey, hey Ron, uh, Al Harm is asking if you brought enough sandwiches for everyone. Yeah, no, didn't uh, uh, Tamley simply have? Uh, uh, they're streaming to YouTube right now, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. Have the auction table here in the back. So who signed that cocoa one? So that's what we got. No. Good action table. No. Pretty good attendance at the seminar. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's great. Those are all being streamed to YouTube. That's that's good to know. Uh, but uh, yeah, we can do a quick run through the museum here. And as my battery fails me, I do. Oh, there's my row, Mike Rowan. All down here at the registration table, but do a, we'll hey, do Neil. A quick... is that Neil? That is Neil. Yep. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, oh, no no food and drinks uh, permitted in the museum. Uh, what's so, the uh, What's the Canadian count? Do we have just one Canadian? Uh, I know of at least two. Mm. But uh, yeah, this looks like a, kind of a uh, a local uh, history type thing. We have a lot of. Uh, Exhibits here, and uh, oh, there's a oh telegraph. Oh, let's see here. I have I really haven't had a chance to come down here yet, but this is a really a really neat uh, neat building. Uh, a lot of neat uh, things here. We got some bicycle. Uh, oh, look at the unit said the uh, 
old-fashioned bike with a big front wheel. Yeah, they have a big front wheel here. We have see this car race an airplane. Okay. Now, is the exhibit hall going to be open until midnight like it normally is, or are they yes. close it down early? Okay. No, it'll be it'll be open until midnight. And uh, I'm not sure what's in here. We have. Uh, Looks like a steam engine. Looks like it. Yeah, we have. Uh, there's another. I keep finding more rooms. Uh, a lot of very notable things were developed in Ohio. So. Looks well, like, uh, like an old teletype machine. Or, or, looks like oh. something like that. Uh, looks like a steam engine. Yep. We have the uh, another another exhibition hall. This just keeps going. I. I <laughs> Oh yeah, because I'm crossing the parking lot, and uh, there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother uh, building, whole nother building over here. Wow. Okay, I didn't notice this before. Oh, That's cool. Some, uh, what? Oh, oh, oh! Look at this. Look at this. Fire, fire apparatus. Fire apparatus. Oh, but I just found something that I think will be entrance, uh, very interest to the show. And uh, let me see. We'll go for the big reveal here. I have found the. Brain Lumber Co. <laughs> uh, and that's in Springfield, Ohio, it, right? This is yes, we are in Springfield, Ohio. Yep. Cool. Family owned and sold since 1880. Uh, and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah because uh, th this is pretty much across the street and across a little courtyard from the uh, from the hotel it was held at last year. So. I look outside in the distance, I can actually see the hotel, but that's uh, we got some uh, steam road roller. Well, that looks a like lot that, of that would be worth stopping into if you get through to get into town. Absolutely, there's a lot of, for... a lot of neat stuff in here. I can't, in the time we have, I really looks can't like a, do it justice. But that looks like a cedar when you drag behind a team or a tractor to plant seeds. Absolutely, uh, let's see what else we have here. I'll go ahead and Move, I'm gonna move back into the other building. There's a whole nother side to that first room I was in. And this is just the first floor. The second floor is where Tandy Assembly is. And, um, okay, so we'll go past this, this uh, car racing an airplane exhibit and we'll come around this side. And uh, we got some, there's a- Look at our uh, show being all educational and stuff. Uh, educational. Here's the thing, <laughs> so there's other stuff. And here's a, what's a Mahuza? So you guys happy with the venue? It's a nice venue. I, I I was a little skeptical being across the street for, across from the hotel, but it's uh, it's it's uh, worked out. Uh, it's worked out well. Actually, it looks very much like VCF Pacific Northwest or VCF West, which are both held in computer museums. So, okay, yeah, doesn't seem so weird actually. So okay, yeah, this, this is, is, a hmm. is this a better venue than uh, than last year? You think? I don't. I don't know if I could quite make that call. That's kind of a, a subjective what's, thing. What's up with the travel halls? Were there was were those made? Um, field. Uh, it just says uh, internet was just that it was ahead of its time. I don't know if it was made here or not. Um, see if there's any more additional signage. Oh, the signage says, "Please look, but don't touch." Yeah, I mean, uh, Jeeps were made in Toledo, Ohio, so maybe... Right, I, I owned a Jeep that was made in Toledo, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so maybe these were made yeah. somewhere there. So. Uh, there you go. We'll, go ahead and, we'll go ahead and go up to the second floor. We'll just go ahead and, uh, we'll go ahead and take the stairs. We'll get, those, uh, we'll get those points in. You can kind of see, come up the stairs here. We've got all this signage, and then we'll uh, 
go back up to the second floor where uh, where our Tandy assembly is being held. But instead of going to the right, like these fellows are, we're going to go ahead and go to the left and go to the other part of the museum here. And uh, oh, we got all kinds of all kinds of uh, vintage uh, looking signs and whatnot down here. So that's uh, Keys yeah, International Harvester. Yeah, it looks. I think AAA is based in Ohio, also. That's, yeah, I did not know that. I don't know where AAA is, uh, where it started. I know Wendy's fast food started in Columbus, Ohio. I know that, but I guess I'm a little, little behind on my Ohio history. Oh, we have a Westcott Motor Company. And that was Westcott Motor Company in Springfield, Ohio. Looks like the VW logo. Yeah. Just that thinking does. that. Yeah. yeah, that's uh that's pretty cool. And we got a little bit of a oh we got uh a little bit of a ramp up here. Oh, this is the military gallery. Okay. I must have just tripped off some sensors because uh the case lights came back on and uh so as long as uh, you don't trip off any alarm sensors <laughs> no, just just uh just some lights and that looks like that's an exit and they've got some must be moving some pieces around there's a ramp there little uh exhibit here we got uh spanish a uh, spanish american war uh, the exhibit here uh world war one uh, World War II. Uh, we got uh, World War II, Korea, Cold War, that sort of thing. Uh, huh. lot of, uh, how much? They, how much? They, how much are they paying them to stand in there? It'd be a pretty boring job. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, oh, there are a bunch of dummies have, to do it. You know. I wonder if they have any astronaut <laughs> stuff in there because there was about. I didn't see of, anything there because I've already. That's just a little loop back there, and I've come back into the. Room that I was up in the oh, there's a there's one of those a windmill up there. I didn't notice that before on the way in. But, uh, yeah, there's a bunch hey. of astronauts from Ohio. Oh, there sure are. Uh, one of them got an airport edge. Presidents yep. too. Yep, there there sure are. There's um, well, you got the astronaut John Glenn. Uh, and actually, the uh, Columbus International Airport has been named after uh, John Glenn. And the Toledo Airport just got renamed after uh, the flight controller for Apollo 11. Oh, really? Mm hmm Now oh, we have some. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever's back here is, uh, is closed to the public. Oh, okay. I think that's the other door into the room for Tandy Assembly. I think that's the, that's the other door there. You can come out behind the speaker. Do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. No, the speaker. The speaker is do downstairs. It. I'm on the. Uh, oh. The, oh, looks like there's some kind of a uh, room for presentation. There's a projector up there, and uh, that's neat. And that is that exit is blocked. That's off. for the eight foot high version of Gate Crasher later. Oh, there you go. There you go. I. I it's a real labyrinth here, isn't it? Yeah. Well, some of this I've kind of spun around a little bit. Uh, those uh, World War One and Two displays. Those were. A bit of close quarters, and then uh, this is just where we came through. And then right before you go into Tandy Assembly, you have uh, some uh, additional exhibits. And oh, open me! Oh, open! We'll go ahead and open this. Looks like we have uh, 
Arrowheads. Arrowheads, yes, thank you. Hmm. That's uh that's pretty cool. There's uh some bones and that, that sort of thing. That is that is great. That's good stuff and uh oh, see more stuff we can open. At um an old map, more uh Oh, more drawers, more drawers. I more drawer I can open there. Yeah, okay, we'll take open it. Open the one. Open the one below. Uh, I don't know if it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's stuff in there too, guys. Yeah. Absolutely, it's all in there. Mm. If you want to see what's on, you're going to have to make the trip out here. <laughs> but then, mm. uh, and then we're just really, uh, we're getting back into the uh, the exhibit hall here. Looks like things have uh, picked up a little bit. Living oh. antiques. I love the radio show. Derek and Alice. Uh, presentation must be over. People are starting to pour back in. And uh, the realistic shit. It's... Yep, he's got the realistic shirt. Yes. Eric is being very realistic. <laughs> so we right. haven't had any power failures or anything, right? No power failure. Oh, here's a hook. Look who we got here. We got Tony Pedraza from uh, Glenside. How you doing, Tony? You're I'm doing just talk. fine. How are you doing? Doing great. Good to see you. It's good to be seen. See anything? Uh, see anything uh, that you surprised you this time around? No. No. Not yet. See anything you like? Uh, anything? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Too, too numerous to mention. Ah. Uh, so far. So far. <laughs> Got to get them embedded into the memory. All right, Tony. Well, good to see you. We'll see you around. I'll talk to you later or something. Very good. All right. Let's let's keep see. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. We'll keep we'll keep rolling, rolling, rolling. There's there's Brendan again, and uh, oh my. Anyway, guys, um, I Wait, think that's rawhide rawhide theme. After that, keep on rolling, 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 rolling. Right, right, rolling, rolling, rolling. But this is <laughs> now we're getting a little little more uh more a little more traffic in here. It's uh. Things kind of come and go in between. Uh, you know, if Steve was here, he would, say, he would say he's real dizzy because you're shifting it around too much. Come on, slow it oh, down. Oh, yeah. Well, this this, pre <laughs> this presentation of Tandy Assembly on Coco Talk is brought to you by Shaky Vision. <laughs> put, on your, put on your 2D glasses now. So, <laughs> I think that's really going to be it for right now, guys. I mean, that's, um, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And uh, whatnot. I don't know if we're going to do anything later, but uh, that's uh, that that's the gist of Tandy Assembly. It was awesome. A lot of pretty I, I cool got one question up. for you. Okay, uh, let me. I'm breaking. Okay, go ahead. Well, when you put the phone down, are you going to go buy something? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> you never know. I, <laughs> I, I, I will neither confirm nor deny that. How about that? Okay. For another show. Yeah. But, uh, all right, guys. Uh, that's I think that's going to wrap it up from Tandy Assembly and uh, Mr. Rob Inman. I'll send it back to you, and maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, be back later. Okay. Thank you very much. That was you, great, Coco. Thanks man. for the tour. So, is anybody mm. uh, chatting? Because I noticed there's no chat showing up here on the screen. It is not there's, so working. Yes, there is chat going on. There's some okay. in YouTube. Okay. Well, uh, another thing I have to fix it sometime when I get a chance. <laughs> I wonder if Stevie has his sets. So they disappear after a certain length of time again. 
Uh, no, because my I have a message that's on here that's been here for uh, since uh, for another for last okay. hour since I had the reboot. There is oh, a, a little uh, there is a little uh, a box that you have to check that so it won't remove it after thirty seconds from the main screen. Yeah, well, there's there my initial you know, my startup message is still here. Okay, uh, but it's just nothing new has been increasing. Uh, so we've had uh, since, during that we've had uh, Nick Marentes is here. Hello, Nick. Looks like the internet's giving me some trouble now. <laughs> we, we, it went to zero bytes there for for a few seconds. Yeah, and I there's a little bit of a freeze there, and I was hoping you didn't have another computer blue screen. No, it, uh, it looks like the internet froze for uh, just a bit, but I see it's back again. Mm-hmm. Right as that message popped up on the message screen. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Um, you know, we haven't done the uh, acquisitions yet. So, yeah, general trends. updates and acquisitions going around the around the table here. I don't have anything, so wait, if anybody else does. Let's start right. with Dave O'Connor. All right. Um, yeah, I'm uh, got a new camera system going on here at the moment. Um, it's, uh, I, I didn't actually acquire anything with Radio Shack or Tandy on it, but uh, I purchased but, but two. But for the show, it counts. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. Um, two, not just one, but two. This is the other one. That's a, a Polycom HDX 6000. The one I'm using that's actually doing my stream at the moment is a HDX 8000. Um, the HDX 8000 retailed for $28,000. It still retails for $28,000 in Australia. Um, full 1080. It's, uh, it's a, a pan, tilt, zoom, um, broadcast quality TV camera. Um, really good microphone. They're basically designed as – these ones come from the government and they're, and they're proper uh, conferencing systems. Um, so, so did you buy it from somebody's trunk or something? Or? No, I wanted it at an auction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Actually, it's it's actually legit. It's it's um, there was two of them. Oh, there was actually four of them. Um, I missed out on the other two. Um, uh, but these the, the big one, the eight thousand. That's the one that I was mainly after. What I'm using right now. I'm only actually using it in standard definition at the moment. I need to get a, a, a HD capture input for my uh for my computer. Um, so yeah, it's it's I can uh, as you can see here, I've, I've got the the. The uh, Coco Three Plus, <laughs> um, yeah, there running on the uh, on my LCD screen behind me here. Um, if I want to just do a nice little tight shot, I can just press one button on the remote control and it zooms me into a preset. Uh, I can then zoom back a little bit more and go back to that, or I'll go somewhere in between. Or I can press that and do a, a wide shot. See more of the studio there with my uh, open reel deck and the synthesizers and everything in the background. And so do you have a hand here. controller there? Yeah, it's a, a remote control right here. Oh, okay. I can, I can pan, tilt, zoom, and I can program mm-hmm. in um, scenes basically into all of these presets. So Does press, it do text? Uh, text, as in yeah, on the screen. Oh no, no, no! It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't do text directly, but what it does do, it's got green screen capabilities built in. So uh, if I wanted to add um, graphics or, or even um, content directly from a Cocoa, which I tried last night, experimented with it, I can set up a green screen behind me and I can actually have um, any 
image, whether it's computer presentation graphics or um, or you know or text, like you're saying, um, or other video. Uh, Put yourself in Dino Wars. Yeah, exactly. So if any one of us came and visited with you, we couldn't see everything you have for at least, what, uh, two weeks it would take? <laughs> to get through everything. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just go back to that. Uh, yeah, I can pull that back a bit further and zoom, zoom out a bit more. That's um, and then my little pan control here. That's the drum kit you beside have, me. Do you have uh, do you have beds, beds on your wall for sound deadening? Yes. Yeah, sure. I do. Um, Let's see that. Yeah, just in there. If I zoom zoom in there. That's, yeah, there's um, one back there. If I go in there, there's a there's a couple of mattresses behind. That's the main yeah. speaker system there. That's my main monitor speaker system there. That came from a Village Roadshow Cinema. So who gave um, you the you idea of using beds? Um, oh, that's an old, an old uh, sound engineer trick, that one. Oh. And you can see there a little bit, if you look in there, you can see my 3D cube array of, uh, of Oratone speakers there. There's, there's four up the top. Because uh, we know they down, all sleep in their studios. There's four. On, <laughs> what's up? Yeah. They all sleep in their and studios and need beds in the studio. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And if I zoom in here, you can see in the background there on the floor is my one of my projects coming up. Is I'm going to put a, a Coco one into this. Uh, there's the model. Like model four case. Was that a dead model four turner? case there? Nice. That's no, no, no. That's a model four. That's oh, okay. a. Uh, and sitting on top of that, you can probably see the uh, uh, mini mega mini MPI sitting up there. That's the second one. I've got two of them. So uh, yeah, that's my, the the, uh, the polycom system. I can zoom around anywhere I want, and then just go straight back to my show preset, like that, and boom, there we are. Nice. So that's my that's my yeah that's my acquisition for this week. No shaky cam for you. No, no, a nice <laughs> good quality broadcast. No, it's it's full 1080. So even though I'm only doing a standard definition at the moment, it, it does do 1080. So and it's it's got two camera inputs and a computer input and an extra content input. Is that your website on your shirt? Um, it's a friend of mine. A friend of oh. mine run, um, owns that website. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the, the stuff in that in the big modular behind me, that's that's all from synthesizers.com. So oh. I want to get a proper Tandy T-shirt, but I haven't got one yet. So uh, a Radio Shack one or something for the show. So that's on my to-do list is to visit 8bit256.com and get one of the, uh, one of the Radio Shack T-shirts. And are we still on... Um Photo cells. <laughs> on sorry, on on um, you know, solar panels. Oh yes, yes, Are yes. You off yeah, the grid yeah. still. Yeah, well, the, the, the show is running off. Uh, everything's running on batteries at the moment because it's five thirty in the morning. So uh, yeah, my broadcast and the monitor behind me and my Coco three and three plus. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> uh, and all the lighting, yeah, the, the whole lot, the polycom systems, the whole lot's all running on batteries at the moment. So, Amazing. Hmm. So that's my news for the week, pretty much. Cool. You are awesome. Well, Glad you're on your, our show. <laughs> I'm, 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 it's, it's a... Uh, 
it's a joy being on this show with fellow uh, coconuts, people who uh, who share my uh, love of old eight bit computing done right. <laughs> Does anybody else have any new acquisitions or updates? I do. I have some acquisitions uh, over the course. We haven't done acquisitions for a while, so over the course of the last like three weeks or so, I've gotten a couple things. I got my MC10, and I ordered. Well, you can't really see it in frame, but there's the screen is actually MC10 with a listing of uh, one of um, Jim Geary's programs. And uh, I got the uh, MCX128 from uh, from Ed Snyder. Uh, which works well. Unfortunately, the MC10 came in a box, but they just used the box as a shipping box and put Ooh. tape all over it. So didn't survive removing the tape very well, unfortunately. But uh, I do have that. And uh, I ended up getting one of Ed's uh, mic- uh, mini MPIs, the two slots. And um, I got a couple of uh, um, cartridges. I got Scripsit. Which actually, I got these on purpose. They were really cheap, and these will be useful uh, if I need to repurpose them for some reason. For the MC10, uh, color file with the box, which is totally useless. Graphic pack, which allows you to create pie charts and graphs and stuff. Um, I also got now. Curtis knows about this more than I do. There's a publication called Kelly News, which was a um, catalog for Coco. And uh, so I got two issues of this, and it has in it, it has in it um, descriptions of various software you can get, Mr. Dig, Doodlebug, and whatever. And there's also uh, articles in there. Like, for example, this one has Upgrading the New Korean Cocoa by Marty, Martin Goodman. So it's a combination of, like, of uh, software titles you can order and, uh, and uh, some tech articles. So I got two issues of that, well, issues two and three. Yeah, I'll just uh, a quick aside on that. That uh, Kelly Software Services was a company out of Edmonton, Alberta, I believe. It's in Alberta for sure. I think it's Edmonton. That uh, was the main distributor of, of third-party Cocoa stuff for at least Western Canada, if not all of Canada. Yeah, named for uh, his last name was Kelly, so it was named after uh, after him. And I also have a 1988 catalog of DICOM products. So you can cool. I lo- I used to have one of those, and I lost mine. So. Kind of jealous. So you, can, you can order Gantlet 2 and Iron Forest and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, this guy was just getting rid of. It's the same person I bought. I don't know if, a few weeks ago I had gotten a couple games, uh, Wildcatting and uh, Color Baseball and stuff. And uh, he also happened, to, he was getting rid of all this stuff and it was sitting sitting in his listing for weeks. So, I, I asked him if he wanted to get rid of it for cheap. And he said, yes. So that's what I did. So I got, so I got, oh, and I got some rainbows too. A few sort of rainbow magazines. So I got the rainbow magazines, the Kelly news, the DICOM catalog, those round packs I showed you for as a, as a bundle. So are you going to have to move into a different uh, place to accommodate your collection? <laughs> yeah, I know it's getting there. It's, uh, it's, it's coming on quite nicely. If you look at my ukulele yeah. video from three months ago or whatever it was, and I had nothing behind me. To uh, I've got a nice uh, cocoa collection growing. So, so yeah, those are my acquisitions. That's very cool, Nick. Yeah, that's awesome. Make sure you contact Ron on how to build a garage. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> listen. If you have enough stuff, okay, this is what happens. You go by um, 
you go out in your garage and you look for a couple of things and you find a couple of other things you didn't realize you had. So then you bring them out and you set them up and you play with them and then you put them back. And then when you put them back, you find, oh, oh, I have one of those. Oh, cool. I forgot about that. So I'll bring that out and, you know, hook it up and try it. And so, like, if you can go for months if you have enough stuff of refinding the stuff you already have, which is really cool. That's my experience. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to collect the stuff. Yeah. Just, it's, it's... Or, or you could just be like Steve and just order things on eBay constantly and you just end up with like six of this and four of this. <laughs> <laughs> I have a is project that... or an acquisition also. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, this is not a Cocoa project, but it could be. Uh, basically, um, there's a guy in Germany. He goes by the handle Byte Booster because he makes RAM cards for the Apple II GS computers. But he came out with a new product here, which is basically an adapter. The, uh, the, um, the joystick and the paddles on the Apple II are just like the Tandy and the one uh, Cocoa and the 1000 and the IBM PCs that they're uh, uh, um, variable resistor rather than switches. So he basically came out with this little adapter that basically uh, has the analog output on the one end. And then on the other side, he has a Super Nintendo port and an Atari joystick port or Commodore 64. So anyway, it actually has a microcontroller on it's a PIC microprocessor. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I was playing it with the new uh, Apple game using my uh, Super Nintendo controller with it. <laughs> So the only difference is, is that the Apples, uh, they use a 0 to 150K uh, range, whereas the Cocos and the Tandy 1000s and the IBMs use 0 to 100K. But with some uh, modifications to the uh, resistors on this, it could be adapted very easily for the color computer. You probably find that the on the Coco as well, the actual joystick pot values is not that critical. Um, um, it, it works as a voltage divider. It may work fine, but it's hard to yeah. say. Um, um, yeah. it's depending on how it reads it. So yeah, it so might on, work fine. On the Coco, so we've how, done zero to 10 K and, and it's performed well. Right. Yeah, the 10 yeah, Ks, exactly. the 10 Ks pull a little bit more power, but when they go to zero, then, well, yeah, I guess it wouldn't matter. Right. You've showed us that thing, but how, how would you actually hook one up? It would be the oh. DIN out to. It's a, well, um, in this case, it uses a DE9, but uh, basically, you would either change this, the output to a pin header, or you just have an adapter cable that goes from a DE9 to a, a DIN plug. Okay. And then, and then the, uh, the, uh, I got you. NES hooks into that, and I said it's just you know two at XY uh, variable resistors and a bunch of buttons. So. So it's powered by the power coming yeah, to the cable. Yeah, powered by the Apple. Yeah. So. Okay. I don't have an Apple for power, so. It might require an external <laughs> adapter. It's hard to say. Uh, it depends. Okay. I think the joysticks have a little bit of power, but not a lot. It's like 100 million. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah or 50, 50 per each. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it might be able to be powered. I don't know how much power the microcontroller pulls. It's a PIC 18F14 F22, I think, or sorry, K22. So. I'm pretty sure the uh, joystick ports on the Coco, at least on the Coco one, I haven't looked at the schematics for the others, uh, um, the top um, rail of the, um, the divider is basically just straight off the 5-volt rail. Yeah, so you should be able to run a, a reasonable amount of current from it, depending on the it, series resistor. It's uh, very limited. It's like 50 milliamps. It's not very much. But modern mm -hmm. microcontrollers don't take much. So, mm. 
So it's hard to say. It might be able to be powered from the joystick port. It might not. So anyway, so um, this is something that uh, I've been talking with a guy, and we've been talking about, you know, a version for the Coco. So he's looking at redesign. What kind of cost is it? Good question. Uh, this particular one is right around forty dollars. It's on a microcontroller. He has to hand assemble them. Uh, and these, uh, believe it or not, these uh, Super NES connectors are not cheap. Believe it or not. Hmm. I believe it. Right. Oh. oh, he's also working on a uh, PlayStation Three version too for the Apple. Yeah. Cool. Does anybody else have any uh, acquisitions or product updates they want to share? I got a question about the PlayStation. I know it's not Coca related, but um, you know I see them at uh, Goodwill and stuff. And um, aren't they just like a computer, basically? I mean, they don't have no keyboard, though, do they? PlayStation was a video game system. Yeah, I know. But I don't think there was any sort all, of uh, computer. They're it's all made by Microsoft, isn't it? They're all basic computers. I mean, they have microprocessors. All the development's done on microcomputers. Yeah, but they don't have a keyboard you can you plug in. You couldn't turn into a computer like you could, like the Coleco Atom or anything like that. That's what I'm saying. It's just a straight, straight console. Oh, theoretically, only. Yeah, theoretically, you could. If you could, uh, the problem is, is the inputs are usually limited to you know controllers, which only have what six or eight, ten different things. Um, but if you had a way you could encode the data, rewrite the ROM, basically, or the, the code so it could read it, you could theoretically hook up like a PS2 keyboard. Well, I seem to recall they got Linux running on it. I think that's, that's the goal is get Linux running on every console. And I think that was one of them that they got Linux running on. I'm trying to think. I think the PlayStations were running on a PowerPC chip, if I remember right. So, I mean, yeah, oh. theoretically, you could put, put Mac OS on it. So the Xbox is similar, right? It's... Uh... Fast PC and a. Doesn't the Xbox good... actually kind of run Windows? Yeah, the dedicated sort of set it might be version of it, isn't it's, it? I think. Yeah, could be, hmm. or it doesn't have to be. It just has to be compatible. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I have no no clue on the newer stuff. I, I never was a gamer anyway, so. And I just. Know yeah, I, I wasn't really either. I was more into. Pro- oh, well, still, still am more into programming and doing my own things with it. So, so we've had basically one twenty-seven, one twenty-eight, one twenty-nine, and one thirty. <laughs> <This session. laughs> one twenty-seven A, one twenty-seven B, one twenty-seven B two. Yeah. When Stevie comes back. We'll have to tell him. Yeah, we're we're at episode two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I, I, um, well, ladies so, and gentlemen, news so, with L. Curtis Boyle. So Jim yep, Gary has. Uh, you guys have to let me know how loud the audio is in this too. Not too bad. Oh, fine. Your audio is fine. No, I meant Jim Gary's because sometimes he pops music and stuff in the background. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the video audio. Like, is that too loud for me to talk over? Or? No. Okay. No, it's pretty good at the moment. So Jim has been busy as usual um, doing Avalon Hill ports this week. Uh, Avalon Hill, of course, was a uh, company that actually manufactured a lot of strategy games even before the computer stuff started in the 60s and 70s. And then... Um, 
magic out of the computer games in the 80s, including Coco stuff. So this is a port of uh, Galaxy. And I think he posted on Facebook, too. He's wondering if he, anybody wants to get a copy made for the Coco specifically, as opposed to the MC-10. Now, this one obviously is using some non-standard sound for the MC-10. That's not your normal sound beeps and stuff there, too. So it must have sort of, sort of ML drive or something going. But uh, Galaxy's kind of a strategy uh, space game, as you can see on the screen there. Sounds like he's got the double-speed poke working. <laughs> Except the MC-10 doesn't have mm. one. I know. <laughs> and then the second port he did is Nuclear War, which is also an Avalon Hill port. And this one looks a little bit more... It looks a little more basic because it doesn't uh, it doesn't keep the screen on, like the map on screen. It just kind of scrolls off and then redraws. It's almost like one of those old basic games. Like I think Brian Weezer posted, he picked up a couple of the uh, basic game books back from the late 70s, Creative Computing, I think, put up. And this is the type of stuff they had because they couldn't guarantee that whatever 8-bit they were porting to had control of the screen to do a CLS or a print at or a, a locate. So they just did stuff that scrolled off. To make it generic. Assumed like a terminal rather than... Yeah, a, pretty much. A very primitive terminal. Yeah. Because even the terminals back then used to have cursor codes and stuff, so... But yeah, he's been porting a couple of these Avalon Hill games, and some of these... I mean, Avalon Hill did do official Cocoa ports, but they didn't port everything over. They ported maybe 8 to 10 or something, so... It's uh, kind of interesting having having him porting the rest of them. We'll get, eventually get the entire Avalon Hill catalog. And this here is an update um, from Paul Thayer. Um, we kind of demonstrated before uh, that he was doing the 64 colors on the screen at once as a palette setting utility uh, that you can actually pick with the mouse. And he's actually got that working now. Um, yeah. So he's doing some software timing tricks there to be able to do all 64 colors simultaneously up there. And you can actually move the cursor between where all those interrupts are going off to get the colors going. And then he's got the actual colors you've got selected at the bottom. And that's your palette you're setting your 16 for your current game or whatever you're doing. And then he's also got the ability to read what the RGB values are up at the top there. And you can go manually mix them as well. And it gives you the decimal and the hex and the binary versions of them. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool that he's got this actually working smoothly <clears throat> and pretty cool that it's got, you know, all these nice little utility bits, you know, giving you the different conversions. So you can do, you can use these in basic, you can use these in machine language program, whatever you want. And it's uh, part of a, a, a generalized editor he's doing with some other stuff. He'll be doing tile editors and sprite editors and stuff too, but this is just the color picking part portion of it. I'd like to add something to this. Uh, Paul, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, he was asking about a better mouse for doing this sort of stuff. And so I sent him one of David Ladd's mouse adapters and got some feedback from this morning on it. He says he really likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I know he, one other bit of feedback too, is that he was trying to get Nick and Sockmaster's um, software high res mouse to work on it. But that actually has to shut interrupts off for a fair bit of time to do the sampling. Cause you have to like read capacitors as they're bleeding off and stuff, you know, in real time. And it apparently was too slow. It would actually screw up the changing the palettes on the fly on the screen to get all 64. So he couldn't use it, unfortunately, because it was causing distortions and sparklies and all kinds of stuff. So exceeding the batch window. Yep. Which is unfortunate because that would have been cool too, but maybe there's a possibility for a hardware adapter. Oh, definitely. <laughs> 
Okay, this one here, Todd Wallace, also known as Lord Dragon in Discord. Um, he's been doing his uh, Cocoa Disk Utility, the one that can switch between OS 9 and RS-DOS at will. And he decided to add some color to it. So, just skip ahead a little bit so you can actually see it. But basically, he's just describing what his, his goal was. Drive zero is just a uh, RS-DOS disk. So the regular DM Somebody's got the mic way too close to their the mouth. Thing we're all familiar with. There you go. That's all my own custom thing. But we want something different. His voice is kind of low. Color. That's better. It is called a mm. computer after all. Anyway, I know we've got a, a, a utility LS, you know, a port of a, the Unix directory style command on, on OS 9 that actually has the option for doing color for headers and, you know, the different attributes and stuff like that. It each gets their own color going across too. So it's kind of similar, but I've, it's kind of cool seeing it on an RSDOS side of things. So his disk utility is coming along really well. I'm actually looking looking forward to it. It's something you, like we've got some disk yeah. utilities by Paul Fiscarelli and others too that are you know running on a hosted you know modern PC to access disk images and stuff and view them, et cetera. This one actually will run natively on the real hardware and lets you go between OS nine and and uh, disk basic disks, and eventually not just being able to directory them so you can see you know, what disk did I just put in here, what version is what what operating system is it, but I'm hoping you'll actually get to the point where you can start copying files back and forth. So if you want to transfer files that you want to port between the two operating systems, you should be able to do that. So, Or adjust the file type modes might be nice too. Yeah. Rename the disk if it's an OS 9 disk, all kinds of things. You'll get the geometry to see what size of a disk it was. So he's, he's been doing a lot of progress. He's, he's been asking like tons of questions over the last couple of months about all kinds of assembly language stuff as he was going through it and learning it all. But he's, he's coming along pretty good now. So looking forward to see how much further he takes it. This here is a, a video on YouTube I stumbled across. It's uh, 3OTD, which is three old tech dudes, which kind of sounds like, you know, any three <laughs> members of our panel. But uh, <laughs> yeah. one of the members of this trio, Nathan, explains why he got a Coco 2, uh, picked it up recently, and he uses Audio Spectrum Analyzer, and he talks about the experience they had with it. And the two other guys, one of the other ones remembers them being in schools, and their school had a bunch of the uh, Coco 2s as well. I won't play the whole thing, obviously, because it's like, you know, half an hour, but. Um, so there's your, your three guys. It's a trash 80 Coco. There's the <laughs> color computer two from TRK. Yeah, he actually does correct yeah, so, a little bit okay, later on. Your, on that's the first thing. computer I ever used in my life. Do you know what TRS-80 stands for? It's actually two bits of something. I figured Tandy's the first letter. Tandy Radio Shack, and oh, then the okay. original processor, not in this, but the original TRS-80, was the Z80 processor. Yeah, I'm just not sure where the stream cut off, though, if I, we even got that far before everybody else lost it. So this is going to be one heck of a choppy episode. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. So I'm, I, I'm just going to read all the news and stuck auto, and uh, uh, you know, that's how it's going to go. <laughs> it's an emulation of a... Of yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's my emulation of the uh, stream. <laughs> next next weekend, let's let's try a uh, dial up. <laughs> <laughs> three hundred baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It'll work. Tell that. Anyway, to pick up where we left off, the, the three old dudes, the guy who's holding the cartridge here is the guy that, you know, he, he grew up with the Coco. One of the other guys had mentioned that this is the first computer he's school. He's a bit younger, um, so he didn't have one at home. Uh, so they go through, and he was trying to figure out. Now, unfortunately, at the time that he made the video, he hadn't found his cassette cable. He has one, but he couldn't find it to actually put any audio into it. So he runs the cartridge. You'd only see that. So if you went into it, I'm to remember how to get into it. So and of course, the bars are. Where's the year? No, because it was just, it was not the interface. Um, but it actually had a spectrum analyzer here, so it actually. Yeah. And it, so of course, not having actual audio input going into it, it's kind of not a very good demo. <laughs> and he was trying to figure out the colliders, the kaleidoscope, and when he got, uh, he did accidentally figure it out. But of course, the screen just goes black. There's no audio. So it was kind <laughs> of a, a horrible oh, time to try to demo that. So. Yeah, he found he found a, an odd or a video of it on YouTube and shared that with some of the different modes and stuff too. So he did eventually get to demo it how it works. But they go through and they they talk about it and uh, they want to do some more stuff with it. And a couple of the other people on the panel there said they want to get one too and they plan to do some more Coco related videos with it. So I'm gonna keep I subscribe to their channel. I'm gonna kind of keep an eye on them if they have anything really interesting. I've also reached out to them too. Uh, to you know, come by and check our show, and uh, maybe you know, join us on the show, or we can join them and help them, you know, kind of catch up on where the cocoa is these days. Well, wait till they find out we have an SDC. Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> I want to get them caught up on. So, and this, um, you guys remember, remember from last year, uh, John Day was working on doing a modern retake of uh temple of rom called return to rom which is fully 3d and we haven't heard anything on this for quite a while but that's i guess his uh, work schedule is is that uh the previous couple of seasons is his busiest time so he hasn't had any time to do it and he's going to start getting back into it over the winter here and he did get some updates done here so i won't play the whole thing um in fact i'll skip ahead just to get to where the graphics of the actual gameplay kind of get into it here that's kind of more of the demo stuff He's got like different color schemes and okay. Ignore the spider. He's getting the audio okay? Yeah. Right totally quiet. But... Here, you're the main character. Lenses are booting up. There goes my spider that uh, I'm just messing around with some artificial intelligence there. Pathfinding. Now you're in her glasses. You're looking through Coco's glasses. Her name is Coco. All right. And uh, your friend is radio. I was hoping Rick was going to still be on here to radio. see what his, his reaction the, uh, to this update was. On the spaceship. And you can read this by pausing or whatever. I'm not going to read it all. And this isn't the original. Uh, this isn't going to be the final narration, obviously. We'll um, develop a story. Anyway, I'll skip ahead to the, but for now, a bit more of the gameplay part right. of it. Oh, now here you are. Now the uh, spider's down there, but he will go wherever I shoot at. So if I shoot this wall, 
and this is all based on the original map. Uh, but um, <clears throat> as you can tell, there's different levels now. So I broke the map up into nine quad, uh, nine sections, which is the same thing that uh, the original uh, developer did. And um, so, um, oh, and also we have a, you can charge your weapon, which is a little different than the original game. Makes a mega blast. Kind of like what Nick's done on Gatecrasher. To clean it up. <laughs> or it's not Gatecrasher on. Um, All right, here's the item. His new game. In the game. Not released at Gunstar. Gunstar. Again, this yeah. is all based on the. Original I was going to say map. Fun Star. I was could remember the real name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nick Marinette's version. Yeah. How many of these little plus items we've gotten? How many rings? And this one's been an X. And then as you get these done, this is area. Well, it's uh, A, B, C, D, E. This is area E. Once you get these items, then this level will come down, and now we can go enter into area F. And you can see there's other areas way out there in the distance. So that's an interesting uh, take on it, too, is that, I mean, he's duplicating the original maps, but when you start, you know, parts of the map you can't access because they're in different levels, and once you collect enough things to get to that other part, then the floor lowers down, and you can actually get into that level. So he's added some new game mechanics to it to take advantage of the 3D world he's, he's doing in it. Which I thought was pretty cool. He's not just taking and updating from modern graphics. He's actually adding, while still keeping the original, you know, basic part of the game the same, including the maps. Cool. Hmm. There's some of the different color schemes you get in different areas too, so. Anyway, it's a pretty good video. I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's like nine minutes long, but it's it's good to hear that he's back onto it. I kind of almost forgotten about it, to be honest, because I hadn't heard in a while. But uh, I know he's been talking with Rick about it. And I was, like I said, uh, Rick was on here briefly earlier on the call, but I was hoping he was going to be on when we got to this. I was going to see what he thought of some of the changes he's been doing to the game engine. And I know, isn't Rick, he's doing a Temple of Rom 2 for the Coco 3 too, isn't he? That he's been working on. So it'd be interesting to see what two different directions he's take. And this one here, this is a uh, Graph Express. Now, there's been lots of talk. I mean, you know, Rob Inman's been talking about it, and I've been talking about it with Basic 9 about trying to make basic games run faster and, and do more machine language type speeds and stuff. And there's a few ways to do that. There's basic compilers like C Basic and ML Basic. Uh, basic 9 itself is a semi compiler. Um, we've sped up some of the you know, graphics parts of uh, Nitrous 9 to get a bit more speed. Still not quite full machine language speed, obviously, but. Um, this was another one that was available from Sundog Systems back in 1991-92 um, called Graph Express by Jeff Steidel, who did Photon and finished off the Contras game. So it supports like windowing and clipping and sprites and multi-voice music. Um, and it's, I know Paul Thayer had fiddled with it a little bit. It's its, it's not as fast as PureML, obviously enough. It's, it's basically an add-on to basic that you do text strings and you send all your parameters through text strings to it. Now, the problem is that takes some string space. So as Paul found out, your, your basic programs can't be as big as they could be normally because a lot of the stuff gets taken up by the string space to create all these commands. So he was going to try it for, I think, his next game project, and he ended up having to change over to straight ML because he just didn't have room. But, I mean, if you're doing a, a simpler game or not one with huge levels or anything, or if you have a level that you loaded a time off disk, I think you could do something. Now, I don't know how many people here have actually seen GraphExpress uh, in action before. So this is a little three-minute demo. And this is the standard 16-color 
three-minute demo part of it. Uh, this also had the 256 color composite mode, and there's a demo version of that that's not in this video. Um, and I know there's some discussion on Facebook, you know, because the 256 color mode, I mean, it's been rediscovered several times by different people. Uh, like John Linville rediscovered it, I think, uh, about 10 years ago, and then some other people rediscovered it again lately. But basically, it's it's not a real mode. It's just that in composite, you get, you know, those artifact colors, even on a 16-color screen, you do. So in this case, if you, you know, put your pixels in the right spots with the right colors, you can actually get close to 256 unique colors. And Sockmaster's high color takes that to another extent where he actually is changing the palette. So he's got all 64 normal colors on the screen at once, but then he's changing them constantly every scan line. And that's the high color that Ron uses a lot to do his uh, high color pictures. So a bunch of these techniques for doing it. But this is just to show you what the engine's capable of doing. So any of you basic programmers out there that want to experiment with trying to write an arcade style game or maybe a more advanced windowing style uh, game that requires the windowing style things kind of like nitrous nine does but in in regular disk basic this video is a good demo of it um i think bill pierce is the one who actually videoed this to to put it on fast forward a bit here The other reason I don't think this got used too much either is that it looked like you had to get licensing fees to do anything with it at the time when it was being sold. So most people didn't want to bother dealing with all that. Talking to Glenn Dahlgren years and years later, he kind of said, no, actually, we're going to let people just use it. You just had to acknowledge that you were using our engine type thing. And if you're doing something huge, maybe we'll ask for a very small percentage. So I wish that had been more clear in the ads because most of us just figured well, I'm going to have to give away most of my profits on this. So I'm not going to bother. the loading part. So there's his uh, multi-voice musical background from basic, just send a string and with the uh, multi-voice play command. got to have our bouncing ball sounds yep. pretty good <laughs> now here he gets more advanced though because now he's doing you know an animated window over top of a bouncing ball window with clipping and everything working this is what the level two version three upgrade by kevin darling etc did too yeah i don't i don't hear you guys laughing now So Window Master had some of the same capability too from uh, CertComp, but I, it wasn't meant to be arcade. It was meant more as a windowing system. So this this has got more of the sprites and how many sprites? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds endless. Sound like an old tape delay. <laughs> and now we get to uh, our native resident cyborg, Ed Snyder, who's been busy dreaming up new projects. 
So uh, I've, obviously everybody here is familiar with the uh, new keyboards it's making. In fact, some of you actually have them in your possession. I like yeah, one right beside me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been toying with doing some uh, cases to make these external keyboards. And he's got some schematics and then he's got his actual first uh, kind of prototype thing version of it. Yeah, like that. And that's a really good idea because then you can kind of like lean back. You can leave the cocoa up on the desk and kind of lean back. We had a lot of keyboard extender cables back in the day. I remember we had. But then I got to think and I asked him some questions too. Like, I mean, if you're actually going to move it outside of the case, then you don't have to limit yourself to just the keys that the Cocoa 3 keyboard had. The matrix is kind of set up to have 57 keys, but there's some duplicate keys. Like if like one thing that Nick Morentes and I have always talked about is that the Coco 1 and 2 games kind of were designed with the arrow keys with the left up and down being on the far left where alt control is now. And then left yep. and right is roughly where it is on the, on the current Coco 3 keyboard. And the, the, the diamond works good if you're like editing text and stuff, but it kind of sucks for games because you got to try to do everything with one hand with your fingers all contorted together. Mm. And if you make a wider case for a keyboard, then you can extend the keyboard. You can add a second set of the keys. They just duplicate the same keys when you press them. So either one works. And I thought, well, why not take a pass that? You could actually put a numeric keypad on the far right too if you're doing programming or anything else where you have to like punch in hex numbers or whatever, or do math. So mm. this actually has a lot of places you could extend it to. And I know some people liked my post on that. So maybe some other people are interested in that as well. I have no idea what that would cost and how big it would be, but it kind of, it almost looked like a Model 3 or Model 4 keyboard, I think by the time you're done except color-coded properly for the Coco. That would work really well in my uh, Model 4 Coco 1 upgrade, well, upgrade <laughs> transplant um, project as well because it could all, probably almost fit straight in the case. Yeah. And I think he had some other... On uh, Facebook, uh, John uh, uh, Sinet is asking, is that a working keyboard? I believe so. This is an actual physical real keyboard here. This is not a, a mock-up anymore. He said he had to do some sanding here because it's a little bit rough from the printing of the case, but it's basically using his, his current keyboard. It's just into an external case. He's just designing the external case, which actually has a little bit of a rib on the bottom on the back, so the keyboard actually tilts towards you a little bit too. Hmm. Hmm. I'm definitely interested in that too. If he, if he makes a wider version of it with the numeric keypad and the arrow keys duplicated so that the old games play better... I might consider getting that instead of the actual keyboard that he's currently selling. Assuming did you uh, you've seen his latest project? I guess you got that in news as well, have you? The the I won't mention too much if you've already got it in there. Or uh, yeah, the one I think that you had mentioned in the chat or the Discord. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up too. Um, yeah. And our very own Ron. Okay. <laughs> Um, came up with a nice little uh, logo mock or kind of a mock-up of a, a magazine cover for the 40th anniversary of the Coco. I think Alan Huffman mentioned it. It looks similar to the Color Computer Magazine logo style-wise. Was that your inspiration for it, Ron, or did you just... Yeah, exactly. Yep. I thought it was pretty cool looking. <clears throat> yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, Very I mean, cool. out, of, out of the magazines we had, and, and I mean, in our heyday, we had like five or six Coco-only devoted magazines, like mid-1983. I think Color Computer Magazine probably looked the slickest. It actually looked better and more professional than Rainbow did in my eyes. It wasn't as yeah, big. I agree. Or as thick, but Hot Cocoa looked a bit more geeky. Color Computer News definitely looked more geeky. Rainbow was kind of a mix in between. 
and there was color microjournal and a few others too. So hot cocoa looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little more geeky though, because it was Wayne Green kind of did that one. So the guy who did eighty micro and kilobaud microcomputing before that, he did some ham radio magazines in the sixties too. Well, primarily I did this in, with a white background in case we wanted to print this for the show next year. It, it's you know it would go in a white card nice. Yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah, right. cool because we're getting competing designs now. Because I know you've got one. Yeah. Um, Bruce Moore's got one. I think yeah. there was a third one floating around earlier too. So it's nice that everybody's actually contributing. And I wouldn't mind seeing a mixture of them all. Like you could have T-shirts with all three of them or something. You know, because yeah, I'll, I'll a 40th do a anniversary more later. Yeah. The only thing I see missing is a little registered trademark on next to Radio Shack. Oh, I suppose just, yeah, they're back now, right? We got to kind of make sure it's legal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's just tiny; yeah. you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you need a elect- scanning electron microscope to read it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here, Rob Inman uh, knows a bit about this one. Uh, Chris Burke's kind of returned to the cocoa fold again after he kind of came back a year or two ago for a little bit, and then he kind of disappeared again. Uh, but he, now he's doing a, basically a SCART adapter that actually just it doesn't need an external little box. It actually just fits right where the RGB connector on the bottom of the Cocoa 3 is. Now, this original prototype here requires a battery, and it does apparently burn through those pretty quick. Yeah, the next the, page, you got rid of the battery. Now, did he say how long? Uh, was he tapping the power off the Cocoa? Because he was trying to do it without having to modify the Cocoa originally, but I didn't get a chance to fully read it, but... No, he uh, went in and uh, modified uh, on pin 10 of the uh, K- uh, connector. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 that pin's actually connected to one of the PIA inputs. He modified the resistor to be able to uh, send a little bit more juice out the uh, uh, ribbon cable. And so now he's tapping the power off of that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because that extra pin, so that was supposedly I- to detect an RGB monitor being plugged in. Wasn't that the original purpose? I, I think so. I don't know that anything ever used it. No. Sorry, go so ahead. What, uh, yeah, I was just I saw this post on Facebook. I didn't go into it in a, in a great amount of detail. What actually does does this provide a, co- a better quality composite output, or is it, um, it, it like it, for NTSC? It, it takes the RGB output and then lets it you put it into SCART basically, so you can use it with the SCART so, adapters. It, so it, it so, takes, so SCART. So this I'm, I'm, yeah, SCART has a number of different protocols built into the one cable though. So I'm just wondering which protocol it's using. Well, for the, for the purpose of it, what he's doing is with that chip, he's taking the V, the v vertical and horizontal sync, combining them together, so you don't have to tap it off the composite. So it's RGB only, but uh, he does mention how you could feed RGB through the thing. But uh, um, the the point of the chip was to combine the uh, um, syncs together, so that you don't have to, t- yeah. so you don't have to pull it off of the uh, uh, composite. It'd be useful if you wanted RGB only and then had some other way to show composite. Yeah, okay. All right. This yeah, is one I believe sure you were referring to, David. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's been mocking up a circuit board for a Cocoa 2 Plus and he wants to fit it into a little cube case. So it's going to have, you know, a way to add in satellite boards to add an extra functionality. Um, but basically, it's going to be a Coco 2, but with extra features such as VGA support built right onto it, two times overclocking, which is that SAM thing that Brendan actually showed us a demo of at, at Tandy Assembly earlier. 
uh, where you can run the Cocoa 1 and 2 at full double speed, RAM and ROM, the entire time without screwing up your video. And then he it kind of teases you with, a, and maybe a couple of other things. Yes, he says that, yep. And the other thing about it too, he was uh, he's designing it all for, as, as through hole, old school through hole plated components, um, so so he can release it as a kit and it can be built yeah. up. I asked him if he uh, did that with a program or did he hand do it, and uh, <laughs> he says he did it. You know, he had to think through it and do it by hand. It's a lot of work involved in that. Yeah. Yeah, Look at that's good. how complicated it is. Mm. Somebody mentioned in the Go ahead. somebody mentioned in the comments too down the bottom the the the, uh, the connector down the bottom looks like a, a jeep grill. <laughs> in the left head, bottom left corner, <laughs> get the two headlights and the and the grill. And <laughs> oh. Yeah, Curtis, is this something we could build? Yeah, if you release it at a kit, you'll basically get the circuit board and I'm assuming sockets, et cetera, and you just solder them all together yourself and you plop in the chips because it's just using like 6809, and the PIAs and the ROM, which of course, if you want, you can burn your own custom one too and the BDG, et cetera. So, Sam. I saw on eBay, somebody was actually selling kits that were just the uh, chips uh, for the Coco. You know, yes. The, big, the bigger chips. Yeah. Yep, yep, I saw that too. I've got it bookmarked. Or whatever you call it in Facebook, in eBay, eBay land, on my watch list. <laughs> anyway, that's a cool project. I mean, the fact that it's it's he's he's going to have a way to duplicate the entire Kogu two motherboard with a, a modern board, so we don't have to worry about boards going bad from age. Um, but also adding some new features like VGA output support, etc. Full double speed mode. It'll be like a Kogu two plus, like he's labeled it on the thing, kind of like the Kogu three plus he's planning for the further in the future. But it'll be a way for. Uh, Coco 2 owners to have a, a really substantial upgrade if, if he works with Brendan on incorporating, incorporating the Coco VJ with all of its extra features at the same time, then it's a real Coco 2 Plus. You could almost call it a Coco mm. 3. I actually ordered one of those chip kit things from China, and it uh, comes with actually both two processors, both the Motorola and the Hitachi, and a couple of uh, 6821s, and another chip, I'm not sure which, and then it yep. does have the, the salt as well as the... Uh, uh, 6847. You have to tell yeah, us what's on the EEPROM. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's program. I should probably dump it and see what's on it. But but it does have, you know, it has the salt chip too. So, you know, it's like, it got most everything you need. Hmm. That'd be a good repair kit. Yep. That's yeah. I think it's, they're selling them for. Uh, there's a. Uh, yep. yep. What, what, what is the price are they charging? Like, is it reasonable or is it way out there? They're asking $18 and free shipping. Uh, well, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. That's it's pretty yeah. good. Actually, yeah. Make them an offer, and you might get it for a little less. I mean, lately we've been seeing like color mice going for seven hundred and fifty bucks or something. So, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently that metal ball is made of gold underneath. Yeah, evidently. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you have to tell us if they're genuine chips or uh, reproductions. It's That's unobtainium. I haven't tried uh, testing them yet, so uh, <laughs> your just, your just, risk may vary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to probably take my Coco One and strip everything out of it and put these all in and see what it does. <laughs> mm, hope it doesn't get bang. <laughs> <laughs> and the last bit of news I got here is actually from Matchy, uh, who's you know the guy who did the uh, little combat style game that used the uh, the sound chip and stuff too. And he's done a couple other demos, like a little three D racing semi graphics demo. So what he was doing here is he's doing uh, 
Coco semi-graphics modes and he goes right from the lower modes to the higher modes from what I can tell in the video. But he's actually doing real 3D calculations like ray casting like we saw in that Model 1 demo at Tandy Assembly. So he's kind of doing the same thing. He said this is his first shot at it. Uh, I don't know if he's, he was in the chat earlier, but with all the drop-offs we had, I don't know if he's still there. So this is in the lowest of the modes, but you can actually see it's actually scaling and, and you're shifting your point of view and actually watching the further away stuff shift at a different speed like you would in real life. And then rotations and stuff too. That's pretty at cool. That, yeah, at that low of a res, it's not super impressive, but he actually starts using some of the higher semi-graphics modes a little bit later too. And of course, because of semi-graphics, you have a lot more control over the colors than say P mode three or four, so you can actually get a quite colorful game or uh, engine. Mm. So this music is generated outside the Coco? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I was just going to say that's pretty impressive for a Coco. <laughs> <laughs> well, there he's got some scaling and he, now he's starting to see, you can see that the vertical height of the lines is getting a lot smaller. So now he's using the higher center graphics modes, which is why it's slowing down because now your screen went from being half a K to you know, 3K or 6K, or depending on the mode he's using. Hmm. And then depending how complex your shapes get, obviously the calculations start getting more and more robust. Looks like a good place for a math coprocessor. Six or nine hmm. would, might help too. <laughs> I still want to try to encourage mode. more people yeah, I still want to encourage more people uh, with Coco ones and twos, dragons, TDPs, just to get six or nine upgrades. I think if we get enough critical mass, maybe some people will start a writing games on them, and two, people might be encouraged to go back to some of the old games and see if they can patch them. Because some of them actually wouldn't require a huge patch to get a decent speed up. I might fiddle with that myself once work dies down in a couple weeks. Especially if Nitrous 9s drive me nuts that particular day, then I might take a side distraction and do something in this basic. Very complex. Yeah, it's like a full donut shape type thing. Mm. I'm assuming at this point he's running on a Coco 1 2, so he's probably only running at 0.895 megahertz too. So, I mean, if you threw it into a Coco 3, it might run. You know, a bit faster, but hmm. makes a good screensaver too. Hmm. I was hoping he was going to be in the chat still because he could kind of give an explanation of exactly what we're looking at here. Because um, he has obviously had a bit more insight of what he's trying to display. But... Here's one with a bit solid shapes, it looks like almost. This music's coming from the PSP. I have no idea. But that might just be a soundtrack you picked in the background like Jim Gary does. Mm. 
Hey, right. As he as he mentioned though in in Discord, this is his first shot at it. So he's I'm I'm assuming he's planning to either a add more features or b try to optimize it to run faster. Yet still, I also don't know if he's doing this in pure assembly, if he's using CMOX C or exactly what he's using to drive the engine there. But uh, hopefully, he'll he'll keep us posted on updates. And that's all the news I have for today. So I will stop sharing. Well done. Cool. Apparently there was an update to OBS, so I'm now up to version 24. Now the chat works. <laughs> I've got it running on the screen here and it hasn't crashed since, so maybe that's all that was wrong is it just needed an update. I cannot pin um, Coco Talk in uh, Zoom for some reason. Why let me? Well, let's see. Uh, that was everything on my show him? notes. Is anybody yeah, else able to pin? Are we done? I think we're like done. It. Yeah, it's probably, it's, uh, it's almost coming up in three hours. It's a good length. Yeah, and I mean, Tandy Assembly is doing live streaming from the seminar room. So if you guys, you know, are you just can't get enough retro today, I mean, just to head over to the... Uh, and assembly page on YouTube, and they've actually got live streams going of the, of the seminars as they go throughout the day. And I'm assuming they're probably doing the same tomorrow because uh, the show's still on tomorrow as well. So let's uh, do the closing credits and then we'll do some final thoughts. Okay. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Rondell Vaux, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. Please help support the Coco community 
by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T.com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Wasn't our smoothest show, but <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we got the, the... We, we got an unscheduled test of a backup of a backup streamer. <laughs> so yeah, interesting days. Um, okay. Well, anybody I mean, else got any thoughts? We didn't have a hand or um, cocoa thoughts today, huh? No, I haven't seen oh, yeah. it in a while. Yeah, I don't know if Ken Ken's made anymore, has he? Who makes them? It's Ken Riker. Ken oh, Riker. Is that who does it? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the marketing genius behind uh, Samuel uh, Gimes is who makes them. Samuel Gimes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered about that. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let's stick a fork in this one. Okay. Hey, we'll be okay. back next week smoother than ever. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. Thanks to Coco Man for the coverage from uh, Tandy Assembly. That was really awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're yeah. going to run the feed through this baby next time. Yeah, 300 baud with an MC10. <laughs> That's it. it, it we'll get her done. It won't crash. <laughs>